welcome to a special episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show as we turn 50 episodes in today. My name is Jeff Shanahan. Yay. I'm joined, as always, by David Van Boglen and Ryan Dempsey. We're going to break down... Yeah, you, know, you yeah. know. We are 50 episodes in. 50. 50. We took the week off last week, so last yeah. week would have been 50. And I would have had a lot of bold predictions that would have came wrong, so... Yep. I would have gotten one right, probably. I would have gotten two, Maybe I think, because I would have picked Ben Saunders for sure. Uh, That's my. Yeah, favorite. I think I would have went the over. Yeah, I think I would have probably went. I, I would have only got the first with the main event right. But yeah, I would have. I so, would have gotten. I would have went. Uh, I would have gotten one right for sure. All in all, because I, mean, I it really wasn't. A, Fantastic, but we uh, we did take the week off, and I kind of needed it because I was kidding. I was it's Michigan winter, man. You, yeah. We don't exactly feel the best in Michigan, winter. and I was I was sniffing. You'd have constantly hear me doing this in the microphone through the whole car, you know, the whole show. Man, it was it wasn't feeling I wasn't feeling up to it at all. No, you were you were out of commission. Ryan was uh, playing head nurse to the family that he got sick. With his yeah, sickness, I, I decided yep. to bring back the Black Plague because the 1500s was such a good time. So yeah, I yeah. got to do six days in bed, followed up by the family was a good three, four, five days in bed. So it was a, it was wow. a fun time. Up you kicked everyone's here. ass. I totally shit the bed on that intro. By the way, that was like the worst intro I've ever done. <laughs> We're not re-recording it. No, but I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're 50 episodes in and you just that, shit the that bed was on it? that. That was one. the best you could do, brother. <laughs> yeah. You know? Don't mind me. My fucking. Well, thank God I threw out the save with the yay. In there. <laughs> yeah, that yay really, really brought it all together. Uh... <laughs> I don't know what the hell is wrong with me today. I've had, I've had a shit day, man. Like it started at 8 a.m. when I got to work and dropped my coffee, my fucking 24 uh... ounce Wesco cup. No. It right out of my hands, dude, and all over. You the held floor. it too high, didn't you? No, I grabbed it. What happened was, was I had like a defective cup. And I kind of, because it was sitting out, so I kind of grabbed it over the top and, like, had my hands over the lid and just kind of squeezed it. It was, like, lifting up that way. And oh, I must yeah. have had one of my fingers on the spot that was defective, and it popped it right out of the oh, bottom underneath no. the lid and fucking... See ya. Later. And you yep. know that if you drop your coffee first thing in the morning, you know exactly where your day's going to end up, uh, right? Oh, dude, it's been... In the same spot, right in the fucking shitter. It's been shit. Like, everything that yeah. could go wrong on at work went wrong. I got I, I got up and I was like yeah you know I I dress in all black right I was always dressed in all black yeah. my family decided for Christmas this year they wanted to brighten me up a little bit so they got me this Red Wings outfit that wasn't black and I look like right now I look like a card carrying member of the Blood Street Gang <laughs> you do all you're missing is a red bandana I'm telling you man you, you look like Tupac in, in like circa '96 when he used to rock that Red Wings jersey all the time oh my God it's it's ridiculous I don't ever wear you know, this is this is really red, you guys. I mean, it's not just like red; it's red. Oh yeah, it's red when it's red. So I popped it on. I was like, you know, we're gonna go. For, I'm gonna try something a little different today. And I so popped it on, tried to get up and do stuff, and I couldn't breathe. I was constantly sniffing and sneezing and stuff. And uh, so I popped an allergy med. Bing, bing. Actually, popped two. And I sat back down in my chair. And the next thing I know, I woke up, and these guys are texting and messaging me like, "Dave, are you alive?" Yeah, brother, I'm still good. <laughs> I'm good. Like, I, there's a nine-hour nap from cold medicine, but I'm good. That's what it was. Like, me and Ryan are just going back and forth. And that's not abnormal. No, no, no. That's, you, that is normal. Because you keep weird hours anyway. Yeah. 
So, but once it got to a certain point where, like, I had seen you hadn't even read, I hadn't even, like, read a message. Yeah. I'm like, right. I went to your your personal one, and I was like, out of our group message, I was like, oh, he hasn't been active in nine hours. Hmm. And that's when I was like, Dave, you alive? <laughs> <laughs> I opened my ache and fucking eyes, like, oh, what? day is this i felt like i've been drinking for the last 30 hours it was it was just too you know i doubled up on the on the nyquil tablets instead of dayquil tablets yep. bad idea i fuck with only non-drowsy yeah right i should have because i have it upstairs but i just I, I was like screw it it was like you know i mean i gotta get six the in the morning i'm like screw it pop a bing bing <laughs> Oh my god, it was crazy. I mean, I got to get the extra strength stuff, like the ones you got to take the little card up to the pharmacy to yeah. get and show your ID. I'm like, not making meth. Can I have yeah. the good stuff? <laughs> I can't breathe. Can I please have the good stuff that lasts 24 hours? Well, it doesn't really last 24 hours, but it's supposed right. to. Yeah. And uh doesn't make me fall sleepy. Meth heads killed that for us. Yeah, thanks a lot. The stuff they have on the counter, not everybody buys it. All as it is is just... Like Bullshit. a little bit of alcohol and a little bit of sugar and a little bit of glycol and mix it up and say, here you go. There's no good stuff in it at all. Oh, there's no sulfedrin there. See, that last week was the first time that I was pretty, like, devastatedly sick and didn't take anything. And the net result was uh, in a 25-hour period, I slept for 21 and a half hours. Yeah, clean. you were dead. Wow. It was like yeah, but you I, needed I would it. wake up. I wake up and like look at the clock. I'm like, what? When did the last three hours go? I'm like, oh, my hours roll over. I'm still kind of tired. Wake up, like, what? Where the hell did Tuesday go? Yeah, I've, I've been there. Like, Oof, it was it was terrible, man. I don't get sick much, but I deal with sinus yeah. issues pretty much 365 days a year. You know, right. this, over this this last week, um, the weather don't um, help. I think I was I talked about this once, but I, I had pitched the solo project thing to us, right? Yep. And so I was like, okay, I got to start it so that these guys can see what, what I'm talking about, you know, get a little example of it. So I wrote out all the stuff I wanted to say. I wanted to do a little 10-minute preview thing. It's like, this is what we're going to do, and this is how I thought about it. So I sat down to record it, and I'm like, and then in the over over to the, and I couldn't get anything. I was sniffing and coughing and hacking. I was like, you know what? I threw the paper down. I, I turned everything off, and I said, screw this. This project is just going to have to go on hold. <laughs> you know, we're going to have to give it a couple more weeks, and uh uh, we'll try it again. That was fucking weird. Yeah, that was really fucking weird. Huh. Light just flicker. Yeah, for everybody that's not in the room, you know, everybody else but me and you. Uh, <laughs> we're just sitting here talking. I moved my mic and the light flickered. Huh. I think they're trying to tell us to uh, uh, wrap up the show. Isn't that how the studio does it? They turn the light off and on or turn off the on-air sign? We don't have an on-air sign. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we have, yeah. we, we have, we're ghetto, brother. We had the recording. We barely have a table that stands upright. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> but we've made it but 50. We by. But we've we made it 50 episodes. Yeah, brother. Woo! We made it 50 episodes. And we, um, you gave me a stat when we first started. Of the 50 episodes, um, we started off as you, I, and Everett for nine. Episodes. nine. And then it was just you and I for 23, 23 right? And then we picked up this freaking guy. Yep. Ryan came in on episode 33 as a guest. Yeah, so this is his 17th. And then maybe less because I don't think he came back right away. No, we might he have was, done one we, or two in between. Yeah, we did one in between. Like a, a week off, week on, week off, week yeah. on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's, he's got about 15 under his belt now. Uh, yeah. Not bad. Not bad. 
He's definitely in double digits, but yeah. We kept him around. I just realized that going through, because, you know, I've told you guys, but I've been, you know, going back and just listening to old episodes in spare time and whatever, just checking out progressions and and things like that. But, yeah, that's where I discovered. I was like, holy shit, we've done 23. We did 23 episodes, you and me. Yeah, that was twenty three straight. It was twenty three. You know, straight. then you know, like you said, skip one or two with with Ryan as guest and not, and then yep. So we probably did more like twenty five. Yeah. Um, just you and I. So yeah. ha- Half of half the show was just me and you. Yep. Sitting here with uh, with one microphone at the time, one mic, one mic in the middle of the room, you know, one mic, one love. Then uh, <laughs> uh, I think Nas said that. Yes. One mic, one love, so there can only be one king. Um. So we said we still got the we still got the mic. I ain't going to where I'm gonna. I swear I'm gonna dip that thing in gold and put it on the yeah, wall one day because that's, that's that was we... the humble beginnings that we started from a laptop and a microphone, and we sat huddled across this rickety ass 1983 desk with that the, barely stands upright with you know? the couch that I had to lean yeah. forward the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> this is how dumb we were. I got computer chairs all over this house, man. I've I've got extra chairs out in the garage i've got tons of every year i buy a new computer chair just because i'm an idiot um and i got perfectly good chairs sitting all over the place but instead of getting them a chair to sit upright like an adult <laughs> i put them on this low ass broken down couch that looks like a casting couch from a, a 93 wow. porno and i just spun that bitch around and said okay jeff you sit there yeah well that was because we had me and everett so <laughs> yeah. we needed we needed a place for both of us to sit yeah and, and I couldn't just get two chairs because I have two chairs. Right. I couldn't do that. That right. would have been too fucking smart. Right. So we just rocked the couch for the longest time. And then <laughs> there were days there were days like I would go home or the next morning I would wake up after recording a show and my back which is already fucked as we've right, talked right, about right. many times. I would wake up, my back would be so goddamn sore from like <laughs> leaning because of the mic. I had to get close enough to it so that yeah, we couldn't put the the couch right up against the desk right. because there'd be no way to sit in. So we so we had to like lean way forward at about a forty, maybe forty five degree angle on its back for two hours straight, holding it there <laughs> just to talk. And you sit up, oh, and then lean right back in to, to to do it again. It was crazy. And here I am in comfort in this beautiful padded, <laughs> wonderful chairs, and I got I got pillows under the chairs, and I'm just in, in heaven like. Oh, why, is, why is he bitching? Is that bad? <laughs> I never complained. No, he didn't. Honestly, he Pumped really, he honestly did not. Not <laughs> a single was... <laughs> fucking time did he have one single complaint about it. There were plenty of mornings but I woke up and I'm like, fuck. On the reverse side, stretching. once we got rid of the couch, he maybe not complained about the couch, but he definitely praised the chairs. Oh, oh I mean, this is so good. Oh, this so is glorious. Better. Oh, I fucking love it. So much better. What about you, Ryan? What do you sit in? When you, you got like a recliner or something you sit in when you talk to us? I picture Ryan pacing through his apartment. That's how I do it, too. Like, you can't sit still. ADD, kicking you know, ass. You, I, when, like, a conversation like this, like, I'm just usually just going to the bedroom, lock the door, and just chill on the bed. For, but, for uh, some when quiet? It's, when it's actually, like, breaking down fights, and I start trying to think, and, like, you guys will start putting opinions in my head, and we'll have my opinions. Like, I get up, and I'll, like, walk. Back and forth, pacing, pacing. Like, <laughs> there's too much information. Too much information. Yeah. No, there's like an overload. We gotta stop. Stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will just go insane. Like it gets bad when it's I warm. And when it's still. and when it's warm outside, you do you spend your time outside, don't you? No, no. Screw that. I'm, I'm not a big outdoors kind of guy. Do you have, do you have like a uh, like a earbuds or headset or something, or do you just like talk into the fo- hold the phone up to you and talk to it? 
I've had a set of the, the little headphone things, but they kept on breaking on me, so I just hold it up to the to my ear. Oh, we got to buy him a headset or something, and that's going to be way more comfortable. You can just throw the phone in the bed, yep. Bluetooth headset, call it good. We'll get you set up. We got you. We'll get you. We'll get you there, kid. We'll get a sponsor. We'll get you there. Yeah, that's we'll what. We'll that's step. That's the next step. Actually, now that we actually sound good, we were talking about that. Yeah, earlier. we actually were talking about that earlier about trying to hit up some local people to see if we can get some sponsors and do do little ads and see if we can get some revenue up in this bitch. Yeah, if we can cover some costs and, and have a little extra, man, that'd be great. But for I mean, we're, we're fifty shows in. It's it's a big change already from the equipment. Standpoint, yeah, definitely. You know, now that we now that we sound good, maybe we can shop this thing around. And I started a thing on Twitter. It was, it was about two weeks ago, where I was. Uh, I'm trying to get this little network going where I'm tagging all these other shows. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, our show with right. with severe and loaded and a holes and all these guys. I'm trying to get them to when they post, post with us, and then we post, we post with them, and get yeah. this little network going. Because the more people that we're exposed to on their end, the more people that are exposed to on our end, it's just, I mean, it should just work. And hopefully we get uh, we get some good luck with that. Yeah, I, I've been doing some similar stuff with, uh, with it as well as social media. But even just just trying to keep, you know, keep cross relations and stuff. Right. I, I try to retweet this, the A-Hole show and um, Severe. Yeah, you've been and, working well with Severe. Yeah, I got, I've been fortunate they put up with me. And actually seem to like me. Yeah, I, I get, get tagged uh, every week. Every week they post their little thing when they're getting the week, the night they're getting ready to record or the day or whatever. Like they post the the Twitter post about it, and they tag me in it with like nine other people. Like every week. Yeah, it's the same thing that nice. uh, Chris at MMA Holes does with yeah. me. He tags me in about four, five, six other people right when they're recording. It's like this is cool, man. Yeah, I'm like, right, you know, this, this is, is cool. fucking great. So I submit questions to him every week, and then the last few weeks I've been. I didn't get one this week, but I had two weeks in a row where they read a question and, and talked about me on the, on the show and stuff. That yeah, was if you cool. guys don't know, I mean, we've talked about them plenty of times, but you know, if you haven't listened to before, Severe MMA is uh, it's a podcast out of Ireland, yep. and they're they're brilliant. Them they're and, really uh, smart about their uh, about talk, their fights. Talking Brawls is another. It's a Severe MMA. Severe MMA is a, like a, just a site itself that covers MMA. Um, but then right. they have they have two shows that are affiliated with the site. That's okay. the, the actual Severe MMA pod, mm-hmm. and then Talking Brawls is a Severe MMA podcast. Um, okay, like affiliates. And, yeah, there are yeah, two yeah. guys that write for Severe. Pizzi writes for a lot of different companies, but Nile okay. works for Severe. Gotcha. Um, good, good guys. They do a great job covering um, not only obviously the big MMAs, but a lot of the smaller syndicates um bama and obviously cage warriors and stuff over there which is where i I get a lot of exposure to european guys that we you know our fans or you know we may not know about especially bama i mean bellator now having a partnership with bama will help bama a lot but absolutely well it'll help bellator as well with talent definitely you know there's one thing that that bellator is is lacking it's Young popular talent, mm-hmm. you know, they have a lot of what they call washed up fighters. Bellator is not lacking, as I say, Bellator is not lacking talent. I mean, they got you know, Cheryl Sun and Tito Ortiz going this weekend. Come on, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna probably go over to Everett's and watch that shit show because uh, I really want to see what happens when two washed up, you know, old guys go at it. And uh, I don't know why I'd really want to well, see Bellator this fight. I actually. Testing. Bellator's testing is very questionable, so I mean, we might see they like, got 2009 Shell Sun in, so who knows? He passed their test, right? You know, Chael did, and uh, they just did a press conference, and 
uh, I think it was earlier today, and, and Tito basically said the only reason Chael has ever gotten a fight is because he talked his bitch ass way into it. He's never earned he's never earned a real fight oh, in his wow. life, and then you know. Chael cut they some pro, a, pro wrestling fighter or some shit. Like yeah, that. And then Chael cut some pro wrestling promo, and it was just it was a shit show on there, and it's gonna be a shit show on Saturday. Have you guys watched a little five minute, um, kind of in depth thing they do with Chael um, that Bellator did as part of the lead up? I this? think I did watch that, where he talks no. about it, where he talks about his dad, and uh, oh man, if you haven't watched it, it's actually really good. Like you get a little more insight into Chael and stuff, and like. I think it was Front Row Brian who I actually saw it retweeted. Might and, have been where I seen it. And he was like, uh, he said something about this is like the I've known Chael for X amount of years. This is the only time I've ever seen him emotional, even like really seen him emotional, even after his daughter, his dad, actual death and stuff like that. Yeah. But he was talking about there's a moment where he talks he talks a lot about his dad in that five minutes and where he got his work ethic from. He's like, you know, I never missed a competition. I've never missed a fight. I was taught at a young age, doesn't matter how sick you are, you put your boots on and you go to work. You're a man of your word. If you say you're going to be there, you be there. And so, you know, he just talked about it. His dad was, you know, a plumber and and all this stuff. But then he said, uh, I made two promises to my dad. Um, One was that I would become a world champion, and the other was that I was going to beat Tito Ortiz. And he said it's the only oh. two it's the only two promises I never got to keep to my father. And, okay. he, and as he's telling the story, he starts to get like visibly emotional and and, and stuff. Yeah, it, it, one, one of I'm getting chills just talking about sure, it right sure. now. Like, and I don't even really like Chill all that much. I kind of think he's an ass. But yeah, yeah, yeah same here. Do you, do you guys remember when he was robbed of the WEC uh, title? No, not really. When uh-huh. he he beat Paulo Filo, I think it was the second time they fought. But Fila didn't make weight. That's so right. The title fight became non. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy yeah, yeah, yeah. shit! Yep. I remember now. Champion. Right. Yeah. When you said that, now, now, yeah. I Holy remember shit! That. That's right. I yep. did. I fucking forgot all about that. I was just reading through all the WEC Much past as, champions. You know, Chael is what he is, but he gave he gave Anderson a fight. Yeah. You know, he, when other guys yeah. couldn't. Well, we were talking about that. Me and Ryan were having this conversation in the group. I don't even remember what the context was, but we were t- oh, we were just talking about pay per view sailors. Okay. And Anderson's yeah. name got brought up, and I said, you know, Anderson was never a very popular fighter because people, until he fought Chael, and I don't even think until he fought Chael the first time, it was more the second. It was the second, really. Yeah, yeah you're right. That, that was when that kind of put the Anderson on the map as being like resilient, yep. pretty much. Yep. Yeah, so that it also, he wasn't just walking through everybody. He but, had he could defend as well, and it gave the people somebody to believe in that could actually beat Anderson, and they could buy a happening. Um, yeah, but that's where Anderson really took off because I mean, before that, he was putting on lackluster fights, dancing around the cage, like people. That, that was shortly after the Abu Dhabi fucking yeah. debacle, right? Oh, right with uh, Maya, with Maya, the bullshit fight with was it Marquardt? I don't know. Anderson had a lot of terrible fights for a while. He so. had the one back with, uh, oh, what's his name? The Brazilian and Jiu-Jitsu cat back at, uh, oh. Come on, Ryan. You I'm can do this, brother. This, this is why we keep you. This is why we hired you. It was back. It was, the, uh, it was April 18th, 2009. Jesus yeah, Christ. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. I can't get this guy. He just did Bisbing just recently beat last year, uh, last year or two years ago, the Brazilian guy. Anderson Silva? Paulo, no, Paulo Tiago. I'm stuck on Paulo Tiago now. 
Uh, you said what year was it? Talus Latus. Oh, Talus Latus. Look at this. April 18th. April 18th, 2009. <laughs> you fucker. This is why we keep you, bro. Why do you have dates like that stuck in your head? I can't remember when I was born. No okay. shit. <laughs> that, that was my ba- no, that was my bachelor party because I got married the following Saturday. Okay, that's a really good reason to be able to remember that. Yeah, if, if, if your old lady's listening to this. You. If you just pulled that, see, okay, but if you had just pulled that date randomly out of your ass for no reason other than it was the day of your... <laughs> Wait, did you say you had your bachelor party the night before you? You got married? No, week before. Week, week before. Week, okay, week okay, before. okay. I thought you were going old school on that fact, and you went and got hammed and then went out and got married the next day. Like, no, no, no. Pepsi. Anderson's I'm not done not well. that hardcore. No, he hasn't won a fight since 2012. Five, well, four in a row and a no contest, so five not wins. Yeah. You know, four losses and an overturn. Oh, I guess he did. He yeah. did beat. Diaz, but he, yeah, but, it, but he popped right. So boner pills was that the deal with him? Yeah, the, is that liquid, what he said? liquid Cialis. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. was liquid Cialis from China. Yeah, well, who trusts liquid boner pills from China? Jesus Christ! I went to Mex. I took boner pills yeah, in Mexico. Did you ever hear the? Uh, did you guys ever hear Brian Redband on uh, Joe Rogan talking about uh, the boner pills? Yeah, oh he yeah, knew, he, he collects knew, them. He knew exactly John, John Jones is going to pop on those. Yeah, things. yeah, he knew exactly which pill it was that John Jones popped on. Yeah, like when when they Redband said it. collects yeah, boner pills. You go to the, the gas station; they cost like two bucks. You yeah. get them, you're good for 10 the black hours. rhino pill from yeah, the that's gas what it was, station. The rhino. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. I don't know why Redman doesn't look like he gets he could get laid with a hundred dollar bill taped to his forehead, but the dude has. Every known yeah. boner pill, known demand, and what they do, and and how strong they are, and how long they last, it's actually kind of creepy. You know, I took some, I took some off the wall ones uh, when I was in Mexico. This was this is how stupid I was. Uh, I was doing, I was doing three dollar lines of blow, and I went to this place called Chili Willies. It was uh, a whorehouse, and I didn't know if I could get it up, and I wanted to buy a hooker. God, I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. Um, so I, t- I took their I took their uh, their eight dollar Mexican boner pill. I don't think it went down for twelve hours. It was nuts, dude. It was crazy. I was stoned off my mind, drunk as a skunk. Two Mexican hookers, Mexican boner pills. I had to go back to the resort in these you know these shorts with, my, with a, a flag uh, pole sticking out of my pants. I couldn't fucking. Oh my god, it was ridiculous. Best time of my life. Best time oh, of my life. Yeah, and I went to Mexico with the owner of the company I worked for at the time. How about that? Yeah, nice. Mm, I'm telling you, man, it was a good time. It's a good time to be alive. (laughs) So we had uh, we had a pretty lackluster card. uh, I fell asleep, man. It it was bad, man. Um, I mean, granted, I wasn't feeling well and I was on cold meds, but right, I thought I probably would have fallen asleep anyway. It was, there was, I don't know, man. I don't know. I didn't want, I didn't, I, going up to it, I was almost, I wasn't anxious, but it was like, I can't describe what I was feeling, but I didn't want to see BJ get in there anymore. Um, I knew Yardriguez no. is a, is oh. a young upcomer. He's a stud of a fighter. He's a, he's a hell of a good fighter. He's a, he's a bad matchup for, for nearly anybody in the division right now. He really is. And you're going to give him BJ and... I don't want to see the guy that you know really had a hand in making the UFC as popular as it is today. Penn was a big part of that, and yeah, I didn't want to see him fall 
so hard right as he did because I knew I just knew he was good I think I know all of us did, but I think the majority of the people that watched Penn growing up and watched him evolve and then watched him fall and watched him retire, we knew what was going to happen and we didn't want to see it. I Honestly, he convinced me, man. I was totally back in BJ on this one. Oh, really? I swear to God. Oh. I don't know what it was. Okay. I don't know what the fuck. It, he just pulled that BJ Penn thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything he was saying, I... I was like, okay. I bought into it. Oh wow, I didn't I, know that, dude. He swayed. Oh yeah, swayed you. Huh? Swayed me, man. I was totally. I was like, man, something tells me BJ is going to pull the upset out of here. I mean, logically thinking, I, I said, you know, Yari Rodriguez logically should kick his ass. Absolutely. But looking at him training and listening to him, listening to Winkle John talk about it, Greg and Jason Perillo, I was like, maybe BJ is going to pull this one off, man. Maybe he's going to, maybe he's going to shock us. And that whole thing went out the window yeah. about five seconds after the bell rang. Yeah, yeah seven strikes yeah, in a round. Like kind of like in between you guys there. Like I, I really, really expected to see the Yair that we saw. A part of me wanted BJ to win. You were kind of the one that to, pushed me over the edge. I, I, like I, yeah, I think I was going to say, I, I said to you as a, like, as much as I wanted to win, it almost scares me if he somehow were to, were to pull it off. Because then he would just demand another big talent, and it would just be the inevitable would be coming. And instead of being the next fight, it ended up being this fight. Yeah, Rodriguez has never lost in the cage. He didn't look like. No, he hasn't. Yair hasn't lost in the cage. No, he's man. He's he's just a a great, great talent, and and a young kid and a. BJ is not anywhere. BJ uh, had one move. He he uh, he had this move that he did, uh, and not not in the cage outside where he was in the pool. Yeah, and he leapt from the oh, pool yeah. in a single jump uh-huh. out of that. That he was the first one I seen to do. I seen a lot of football players, and I seen a lot of other people copy it afterwards. Maybe he wasn't the originator of it, but he was the first one I ever seen do yeah, it. Yeah, me too. And I I know how hard it is, you know, just to flat jump onto a surface without water. Right now he's doing it and. You know, waist deep in water, leap. Oh my God, that was crazy! It took an amazing amount of strength and agility to do that. Crazy amount. Uh, that's the kind of BJ I want to remember. I don't want to remember this BJ that no. fought Yair Rodriguez. Or I don't want to remember that. Even the one that fought Frankie one that Edgar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was really the, the the big downfall for him. And it's it's weird to think because those the first fight was a really good when you wouldn't think that he would fall as hard as he did as fast as he did. Fun fact. BJ Penn's last win was uh, at uh, UFC. I can't remember the number, but it was in 2010 against Matt Hughes at the UFC at Palace Auburn Hills, right? So also that was the same day that um, that uh, Jose Aldo was named uh, champ or featherweight champion, and also it was either the week, the Sunday before the fight, or the next day after the fight. Um, was when Conor McGregor got beat by Joseph Duffy. Ah, okay. Wow, that's history. Yeah. That's some good history. Yeah, a little fun fact that I've been saving for you guys since last week. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean Sheehan, because that's where I got that fact from. It almost sucks when you have this one piece of nugget that you want to share with everyone, but then you want to save it for the show, too, when you kind of just sit there boiling, like, oh, i got to tell these guys this. No, I, I got to save it for the show. I had some good shit for last week, and then I got high all week and forgot it because 
because we didn't record last week. But I had I had stuff like in that was one of them. I had some other stuff in the bank, and I was like, man, I'm gonna drop some knowledge on these fools. <laughs> wah, wah. And it went up. In, it all went up in smoke. Yeah, it did. Been... It all went up in smoke. Kind of like uh, kind of like BJ's fight here. I mean, this was this was um, 434 left the second round. He got KO'd and. Up to that point, he landed seven strikes yep. total. It was terrible. Uh, no takedowns, no submissions, no knockdowns, nothing like that. He just hits, landed seven strikes. He just got kicked and in the four face. significant strikes, and that was it. Yeah, uh, that's all he. That's all he was able to muster it, up. Yep. Does anybody have a problem yeah, with the stoppage? That, that, no. No, absolutely not. There was some people complaining that it was either early or too late. A little both. I heard both oh, on Twitter. Really? Yeah, people saying that it was uh, a lot more too late. Like they should have stopped it earlier. But if, and if anything, late. I wouldn't not say too early. late because he was he was moving. He was defending himself. Yeah, I agree. Hundred percent agree. If you watch it, it's like um, it was it was Big John, right? The ref. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was either Big John or he Herb. Stepped in. Yeah, like, you go back and you watch it, like. It was when Yair, sure. I think he landed a good three or four straight uh, un- unblocked shots, and that's when he stepped in. Like, he did give him – because, I mean, he went down like three seconds into the round. Yeah. And then he just kept it going. So, I mean, he had a good 10, 15 seconds of just eating shot after shot after shot, and they gave him every chance to defend himself, and he did before. He just couldn't do it anymore. If any, I don't think it was early at all. If anything, it might have been a, a couple seconds late. But honestly, if, if I had to pick early or late, it would be honestly. I think it was perfect. It was there was nothing controversial to me about that at all. And uh, um, something that came out of BJ Penn's camp was the fact that um, he doesn't think that this is BJ's last fight. That was Jason Perillo, okay, who's also cornering Tito Ortiz, and yeah. thinks Tito Ortiz is going to destroy. Uh, Chael Sonnen, too. So it was John McCarthy. Um, it was. Her, yeah, Herb Dean was the referee for the fight before between uh, Held and Lozon. It was Big John. Right. Uh, Perillo said, uh, Penn will only stop fighting when the UFC stops allowing it. I think I would probably stop allowing it rather yeah, yeah, than let it keep going. Yeah, I think kind of pull off to the side and say, hey, you know what? You've had a good, good run, but like, Give him one of those um, mm. token positions like Liddell had for years. forever. He can go you into, go into, just go back to grappling, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, start your yeah. start your hand in some. Co- there's, there's a lot of. of uh, you can go make money no. in submission underground. Oh yeah, there's big money in in grappling. Yeah, now. Absolutely, dude. Dylan Dennis is uh, making bank. So is Conan. Less, you know, it's a lot less physical um damage to your body you're not taking strikes to the face yeah you know a lot less head trauma you know you may get stretched yeah. on your tendons and you know, right whatever but you're not gonna well, start you, breaking you, caving in your face anymore about head trauma because bj penn after that fight he entered the the record book for most strikes absorbed in a career in ufc did he take that uh, role from george uh no george was pretty good up until his last couple of fights yeah and he absorbed more fights, more damage in his last Who five fights. Who did absorb the did most fights in UFC? Yeah, who was that? I'm saying, who was the who was the most strikes most absorbed? Uh, strikes absorbed? Who was the, the previous champion? I don't know. I would imagine it'd be like a like a heavyweight or a light heavyweight because those guys are just throw down. There's not wasn't a lot of technique to those guys for the longest time. Yeah, but heavyweights don't absorb a ton because they. Just get knocked out early. 
true. Well, well, uh, I'll look for that stat uh, just um, for fun. Yeah. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about on this fight before we move on? Because this, I mean, we've spent more time than I even yeah, anticipated BJ, us yeah. talking about this fight. BJ let needs alone to the stop. Card. The end. Yeah, the end. BJ needs to hang it up. Um, hopefully, yeah. Jason Perillo. What do you, what do you guys think for a year next? He needs a top five opponent. He's never lost in the cage, man. Start giving him some, not these washed up yeah, guys. He needs Start a real giving him some talent. You know, test the man. He needs a real test. He, hasn't, he hasn't really had top it. ten, top twelve right now. Next, you know, he's in the going. top ten. He's, I well, believe, he's eight. So is he eight? I think he's eight. He was, yeah. yeah, he was ten going into the fight. I think or that's maybe. horseshit that they moved him up based off of beating a fucking guy that's an unranked old man years. that hasn't lo- that hasn't won. And yeah, well, um, this fight mo- definitely benefited Yair Rodriguez in every way because think, he got to make his name off of beating a legend. Yeah, I mean yeah. that helps. That definitely helps. And uh, there was a, there was another stat that I wanted to throw out there about this card entirely that I sent to you guys. And this entire card, there was only three ranked fighters. Yep. And no fighter was oh, ranked yeah. over rank like number ten. 10. And, the and that was, was that was him. And there was another. There was two other fighters that fought that were like twelve and thirteen. Yeah, it was. And they fought each other. Yep. And that might have been that might have been Raga and Pettis, I think. I think you're right. I think it was those two. Yeah, that Otherwise, sense. Uh, there was no, there was not a single fighter besides those three that was ranked in this entire card. Oh. That's not good. No. You know, when you consider you so have, especially when you're trying to push a card on a, on a, on a Sunday night at ten o'clock. Yeah, the exactly. main card doesn't start till ten. Was... I'm curious to see and what the, the numbers of that actually are at the end. Well, you know, the uh, UFC took a like a big hit because they don't. First, not a lot of big fighters on it. Second, the time slot. And then third, they had the unfortunate uh, the unfortunate weather in Kansas City making the NFL playoff yeah, yeah. game. Oh, they yeah. pushed the game back. So everyone right. everyone yeah. tunes into the Packers and Cowboys, and they just stay tuned instead of switching over to watch, uh, to watch that game. Uh, I mean, the Steelers and Chiefs were later, right? Yeah. Didn't the Steelers yeah. and Chiefs start at like 8.20? Yeah, it got pushed back. It was supposed to be an afternoon yeah. game, and it got pushed back. That's late. right. I forgot about that because yeah. I haven't even really Yeah, it was supposed to be football. noon or yeah, something. So, one, so that one, really yeah. hurt their ratings for sure. Right? Yeah. Oh, man. That's, well, the cards, uh, it's like I was telling Dave before, Ryan, you got on the call, though, man. It's like the, the cards really don't get that much better until you get to 209. I think the best card fight-wise coming up is the Korean Zombie and Dennis Bermudez fight. When's that one? That's that... Super Bowl weekend. That's the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, the next the next card is Shevchenko and Pena, but realistically, in my opinion, no, if one... you take the only fight that really I'm excited about is Cerrone and, and Masvidal, and that's only because of Cerrone, whatever. Uh, Arlovski and Gar- you know, I'm excited to see Juliana Pena get in there. Yeah, I want to see Valentina Shevchenko beat the shit out of her. Oh, uh, she's going to tag her up, man. She's going to tag her up. I mean, really, you dropped the Cowboy Masvidal fight, and a lot of eyes go away from this. Yeah, Mark Horton, sure. Smiling Sam ain't selling nothing. Uh, you know, neither neither is Spicely and uh, Dechinko. There's there's five there's five fighters on this card that haven't even got their picture taken yet. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm I'm stoked about. I think the Aljamain Sterling and Rafael Sunsau fight is going to be good, and it was one we were supposed to already get. I think that's going to steal the show. Is the Sunsau and Aljamain, dude? I, and I think you know, and Gano is going to knock out Arlovski in the first round or tap him. And yeah. so, but yeah, you take you take off 
Masvidal and, and Cerrone, this card's even more lackluster. Yeah, than it's it is. pretty bad. But you get into Bermudez and the Korean Zombie. I mean, number one, you're getting the return of the Zombie. We haven't seen him in two yeah. years, so that's going to draw interest. People are going to be into it. But Bermudez but you've got is a hell of a fighter. So Alexis Grasso, Alexa Grasso, and and uh, Felice Herring, great fight. Uh, OSP, OSP, and, and, and Jan, Jan. Blahovich is a good yeah. fight. Uh, Donovan Dunham Trio is great fight. Yeah. Yeah, um, but then you got Tisha Torres Skelly's and Beck Rawlings. Great. Yeah, Torres. Yeah, Torres and Rawlings. That's gonna be a hell oh, of a Jessica fight. Andrade and Angela Hill got added to yeah, this card. Yeah, yeah. Angela Hill. That was one of the yeah. other stories that Hill I was got her. About. Uh, Hill got her so, four months. So they were just uh, they were just postponing. That's why we didn't get to see Angela Hill. Well, you saw finally. You saw finally yeah, gave yeah, her sorry. the post or the uh, that took her off that That's four month be bullshit. A hell of a fight. Yeah, it is. Well, wouldn't she have? When when when's that fight taking place? That's this one's at uh, February fourth. Yeah. She wouldn't still wouldn't have been. Yeah, so wouldn't that? Oh no, because that would have it was a December card, right? That they were on. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah. So they did give her the. She, oh, wrong. She, she didn't even. Card. She wouldn't even have been a month into Usada's testing, basically. No, yeah. She took that. Yeah. She took that fight on. It was like two weeks' notice. Right. But then yeah, then it's two oh eight. Yeah. And Which then there's like one other movies. fight. Two oh eight isn't even that. Two oh eight's gonna be. I, I I gotta. I know for a fact it's gonna be a very low selling paper. Oh, for sure. That doesn't yeah. take anything away from the fighters, man. Don't get me wrong. There's a, there's a lot of talent on this card, but but Holly and Jermaine are not gonna. They they they're not it's, known to sell pay per views off the backs of them. Aside from Holm and Ronda, and guess who bought who sold that card? Ronda. Yeah, but here's the here's the yeah. thing. Here's how you know it's a shit card, right? Or, it, Okay, not a shit card because we said that 206 was going to be a shit card and it turned out to be great. But this is all you know, it's yeah. not a really good card. Lewis and Brown was originally the co-main event when this all got announced. Yes. They have now been shifted three Probably times. Probably the opening fight of the main card now is, is going to be those two, right? And unless they do it, yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, Porgy and Miller's probably going to main the, event the, the prelims. More than likely. You know, Miller's the, that prelim guy now. Yep. Uh, yeah. um, but I mean, but Silva and Brunson gives a fuck. Now that's right? the co-main event, exactly. though, and it just got added last week. Exactly. Uh, Souza and Bosch got bumped up to the co-main event originally yeah. when they got announced, and Tashera and Cannonier got put ahead. They just of... kind of thrown them like they're a th- like Tashera and Cannonier is a throwaway yeah. fight to them. You know, they just kind of push them to wherever the hell they can put them. There, I mean, there's some good fights on 208 for sure. There there's some, some there's some very good fights as a, as a hardcore fan, but it's not going to draw numbers. But that's no, the problem. Yeah, it's gonna, not going to sell. You know who's going to not for sixty you know bucks? I would watch this. Card. I mean, I'll pay. I'm going to pay the sixty bucks because I fucking well, buy everything. Yeah, I buy them all. But uh, at some point, since we're doing a show and we're you know this is this is our job, we should start getting reimbursed by the tax man for sixty bucks a month. Right? right? There's got to be a way, right? Yeah, I got to talk to my accountant. Yeah, I got to get an accountant. Figure out how to write this off this year hmm. on my limited tax return. Right. I got to hmm. get an accountant. Ryan don't have to pay taxes. He's not an Get American citizen. Here. <laughs> yeah, Canada doesn't have taxes. taxes. <laughs> Those don't exist in Canada. Ah, everything out there is rainbows and unicorns. Right. What are you talking about? You guys got universal health care. Yeah, Everything's it, great. Actually, and that pays for itself. majority of us don't have to pay taxes. We just get big tax refunds at the end of the year. Because they just hand out money up there. Nobody, you know. Right. Well, the, the church is apparently is if, you ha- if you have a kid, you're you know the government throws up some a little extra money at you. Oh, they do that here that's too. That's the reason yeah. we're having the second. That's why I don't have. That's why I'm broke because I don't have kids. <laughs> All right, let's plow through the rest of this yeah, card. Yeah, let's get uh, through this. 
we don't even really need to get too much into much of it, but Joe Lozon yeah. picks up a win that he didn't win over Marcin Held. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Split uh, decision. Split decision. The only judge that got it right was Derek Clearly. Um, ben Saunders picked up a, a controversial win over Court McGee. I didn't think it was all that controversial. I can see why people thought Court McGee should have won, but yeah. I also have right. pl- I saw plenty of points, and I'm I'm personally happy for Killer B. Him and I had some chats on it Twitter. It was a good performance for both guys. Yeah, both yeah, guys look great. Absolutely. It was a hell of a fight. It actually was a good fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a close fight. Uh, yeah. But, it was definitely you know, a fight that they both needed. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, Court's been on a little bit of a tear. Ben needed it more than ben anything. Ben really needed it. Ben needed yeah, that win to stay but, in. I mean, like, Court's the guy that they know, they people only know him from overdosing and being on the ultimate fighter. Like, that's, I guess he has no been a win one, like, lose one. They, they just keep... I thought he won two They in just a row. keep on bringing up that one fact, no matter, what, no matter when he fights. Like, to get him on there now, to see him against a, Ben Saunders may not be the biggest name, but he's a name that most people would kind of know. And so, yeah, he gets him out there to give a performance against him. Well, both of them really needed. Yeah, I mean, Ben needed it because he wasn't even in the company. He he won he won that fight and then he got he was not in the company anymore and his fight before that was somewhere in Florida or something like that. Um, he he won in 2016 or lost to Patrick Cote. That's right. He got beat by Patrick Cote and then they sent him packing, and that was his first fight back since like July of 2015. And then he won a fight somewhere else, and then they brought him back to fight Court McGee. And hopefully now with this win, he stays around for a while because I like Ben Saunders. Uh, Sergio yeah. Pettis looked super impressive. Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, uh, the breakout the fighter of the main card. Uh, you know, we knew Yar was going to do what he was going to do, but uh, Sergio right. looked very, yeah. very good going a, into this. In a complete performance, dominating all three rounds. I, I The only judge I agree with is Dennis O'Connell, that it was a straight 30-27. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't see a round that John Moraga won whatsoever. Um, but that's the main card. As far as the prelims, the only thing really of note to talk about, um, besides the guy that was in the... Um, the main event of the prelims. It wasn't even the guy that was getting the focus of the promotion. That was Devin Powell, who was coming off of uh, season one of Dana White, or maybe it was season two. Dana White's looking for a fight. Anyway, he fought a guy named uh, Drakkar Close, who is a Michigan native. So that was just basically worth noting. Yeah, you said that he came out of. Uh, they announced him South Haven. South Haven. He's listed yeah, out of Kalamazoo. Listed Kalamazoo, something like that. It's close enough. Whooped his ass. Yeah, whooped the shit out of him. Yeah, whooped he, him straight three rounds. Yeah, everyone like there was a lot of promotion behind Devin Powell coming off of the show and shit like that. But uh, Drakkar Close looked really good fighting. I think he's out of Arizona Combat. Yes. Uh, ben, Ben, we got to see Benson Henderson in the corner. So right, yeah. yeah ben Henderson was in the corner with Jakar Close. Yeah, so that was good to see him back in the UFC. Loser. Uh, Tell th- about this one. Yeah. So the only really thing worth of note to talk about on the the FS1 prelims was uh, the performance sub of the night coming from Alexi Olenek over Victor Pesta. We saw the first ever Ezekiel choke done in the UFC. <clears throat> I, I wasn't familiar with what the Ezekiel choke was until I saw it and then come to well, find no, you, you would have saw it earlier in the day when Ezekiel choked against the Packers that one I did see that that did I did not see I wasn't watching the game <laughs> <laughs> tell him now 
So Jeff, earlier we were talking about this before the thing, the before the the, the show started, and because it was it is such a unique thing, and whenever there's a first when a, a particular maneuver uh, or technique is used in the UFC, it's you know it gets a lot of, of of talk. But this one in particular was very impressive because of the way it happened. Yeah. Now Jeff was explaining this to me. I wanted to explain it to you guys. So the Ezekiel choke, not being a, a, you know. A, a, familiar person but learning a little bit from listening to joe it's a uh, it's real it's more common in uh in gi jiu-jitsu because you use the lapel of the gi to pull it's, the choke across yeah you, it's um whatever hand you're using for the choke you go across them to the opposite side yeah, to the opposite of the lapel, lapel gotcha. and you pull it across and then use the other hand to choke off or whatever um not very common in no gi because of just its difficulty without it. Uh, Henzo Gracie's known to be able to pull him off and pull him off quite a bit. But uh, generally, I guess it's it's more from um, like top side, top, top and side, top yeah. and side control. Um, and Gary, if if I'm wrong here, please feel free to message me and correct me. Yeah, maybe we'll get that. Uh, like they they call the the UFC. Uh, rule officiator to yeah, bring Mark, in the, Mark Ratner. Yeah, whenever they call it, maybe we'll call it. We'll give Gary a call, we'll and, call have Gary him, uh, and have him, have him, or Nick, and have one of the two guys yeah. explain to us exactly what it is. But, but so, but so from what Joe was talking about, though, it's it's more common. It's it's top and and side control, and where Alexi Olenok pulled it off from the bottom, allowing yeah. himself to get allowing himself to get mounted. Right. Not even that Victor Pesta took mount. He let him take the mount, and then yeah. snuck the choke in. Insane! I didn't Insanity. even know what was happening. Neither did Victor Pesta. You know, when it when it was happening, he was starting to strike, and then all of a sudden he says, "Screw this! I'm done." Well, like I, was and I said, you, "What the hell just happened here?" I, you know, I'm watching it. Me and my cousin are watching it, and I'm like, "I'm watching this hand movement." And I didn't, I didn't before the fucking fight. I didn't even know what the fucking Ezekiel choke was. Yeah. But I could just see the way he was positioning his hands and shit, and what he was doing. I'm like. It looks like he's going for some kind of choke, but right. but I've never heard of anybody choking anybody from that position. I'm like, this looks like a really stupid idea because he's getting punches rained down on him at the same time. And I'm like, this is right. kind of like holding on to a leg lock too long or, yeah, or whatever, yeah. just or holding on to a guillotine too long. You're just putting yourself in a bad position when you should let it go. And then all of a sudden, Pest is tapping, and I'm like, holy shit. Right. And then they announce the, the fucked up thing is even more is that he has like – I believe this is either – I believe that the number is his ninth win by Ezekiel Choke. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Jesus. That's insane. To land it once is insane. If he's done that that many times, it's either eight, It was either eight or nine. But he I don't care if it was three. Right, he has multiple, break, multiple Ezekiel Choke wow. finishes, not in the UFC, obviously, but – Sure. Because he's old as shit. Yeah, yeah. But, man, he's uh, – that that maneuver was, was – that technique was – Amazing to see. Um, well, I mean, it happened so fast, it, I, you know, while it was live. It really did. It, it was it was hard to to keep an eye on. And uh, but I'm trying to focus when they're doing the replay. I'm trying to focus to see exactly how he did it. And you have to be so strong in your hands, yeah, to pull that off. That I can't imagine how powerful the man's grip is. Yeah, um, pulling off a, a a gi technique in that kind of situation that many times right and and doing it while being from the mount position not from the top or side right but from, from being from mounted. being mounted oh my god that was that that just blew my mind that yeah. blew it my was, mind it was an incredible and if you want a really good breakdown of it um joe the joe rogan fight companion of him and shab and brian callan i mean Boo. it's you don't have to get too long into it because 
they talk about it really early, so you don't have to listen to Brian Callen's dumb bullshit. But uh, it it's definitely was a cool breakdown, and it gave me a little perspective and understanding what the Ezekiel choke and how really rare it was yeah. was coming from that. So well, I was gonna say it's funny because I had missed that missed that one just still coming down from watching the Packers win, and I uh, just quickly bumped online, and all I see is uh, you know. UFC fighter wins uh, from submission while in full mount. Like, okay, they... Arm triangle somebody or whatever. Somewhere. So I go, yeah, like I click on like, okay, they must have had something wrong. They're, they're, the guy's in full mount, he gets a choke. I'm like, no, come on. So I look it up, I'm like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like you guys, like what the hell's happening? Like, yeah. How does he go from being like, blows ring down upon him to winning the fight? It's like, did the guy get tired from punching him that he just decided to tap out? And then he's... It was it was such a bizarre thing to see, and yeah. it's one of those ones that like you're gonna remember because you, you're probably not gonna see that thing again for like another ten years in UFC probably. Yeah, yeah, watching it live while it was going on was pretty cool. Like, because I mean, I watched, I suffered through every fight on the prelim, early prelims, all that shit till I fell asleep after the Court McGee Saunders fight. But uh, yes, yeah, so getting to see it live, it's one of those things you'd be like, man. It was like uh, when when uh, Zombie put that twister on the twister or Saunders. Know? Hitting the only omoplata yeah, yeah, yeah. in UFC history. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like watching that, seeing those techniques. You're not, you're probably not going to see them again. No, I was just know. actually just talking about Zombies Twister last night. That was crazy. It's such a great maneuver. Yeah, you know that there's a bonus in EBI if you pull off a twister. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, because really? it's, it's Eddie's that's move. A, that's a yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Yeah, Eddie so Eddie talks about the twister like nothing. Like, well, do, he loves it. Do you know what it is? I can do a twister. I, it's a fucking amateur wrestling yeah. move. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just entwining oh, yeah. your leg and. It's... Yeah. You just get a single leg grapevine and then you get the far arm, pull it up over, get it behind your head. And in in pull. amateur wrestling, you're not allowed to squeeze. But you once yeah. you get once you get because you you can't lock your hands together until you get your opponent back and you're getting back points. And after the three count of back points, then you're allowed to to squeeze mm-hmm. or not to squeeze, but to grab the head. You're and put to a, grab. You can you're put a little. Grab. You can put a little pressure. But you're not squeezing and contorting it like you get out of it. But that's that's all Eddie did was take an, an amateur wrestling move and figure out, oh, I can actually contort yeah. somebody. I can in keep Jesus. going. But I, I think he actually talked about that with uh, on the Rogan podcast yeah. at one point, like explaining yeah. how he came up with it and how he teaches it and how and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because it's, it's a move I used to be able to. I'd never hit it in competition, but mm-hmm. I used to be able to do it in practice when, yeah. when my training partner used to piss me off because he'd wear jeans to practice or something. Yeah, dude. I had an asshole <laughs> training partner who stunk and wore jeans to practice. Oh so I would get fucking denim burns on my face. And one day oh. he one day he pissed me off really bad with it. So we're drilling shit and I fucking threw a leg in and I put him over in a guillotine, which is what, what the uh twister is called. Mm-hmm. And just fucking ranked on Just wrenched it. Yep. <laughs> We're in practice. I didn't give a fuck. Yeah, like the banana split. I mean, that's a you know, that's, that's another that's submission. A, submission that came one. out of out of the the wrestling. Yep. There's um, been one. I believe there's one submission. Somebody has actually has a banana split yeah. submission in the UFC. But yeah, just it's, a fun. It's those those kind of techniques, man, that you don't get to see very often, um, and, and probably will never see. No. Maybe never even see again. Yeah, uh, on this kind of stage. If he manages to pull off another Ezekiel choke in the UFC. Oh, my God. I, uh, what? Yeah, he, that's been one of those points in times that when you see someone 
you know, they let them take them out. Guys are just going to be, like, jumping off, thinking that like, they know what's going to happen. Like, but he's got to know like, how uh, to be able to hit it from like, other areas. Like, Diaz go down and try and get the guy to go into guard. He backs away. Now the, you're going to see, come on, go on now, go on yeah. now. will be fine. I promise, you can hit me. But he's got to have other setups and other positions for it. Because if, he, if he's pulled off eight or nine. Oh, yeah. You're not just taking that from Mount. No, but that's no, that's no, a no, great no. way to sneak to to oh, you fuck know yeah. to, to goad him into doing it because it's like you got it, buddy. Look, you're gonna you got Mount. You're gonna win. It's wrong. all yours. Yeah, you know, wrong. Great false sense of security uh, to do it that way, but he's got to be able to put it from side, you know, from top, right? Uh, you know, guard even. You know, he's got to be able to put it in from so many different positions and so many different ways, not just being mounted and right. using it as a def- almost a defensive offense. Yeah. You know, from right. from that position, it's it's really got to be considered uh, uh, both. But I I want to watch him fight again just because I want to see if he can do it. It's offensive maneuver from you know? a defense position. Exactly. I want to see him be able to to do that in another way. Yeah, I, I, another, I, I don't want this to be a fluke because if he can keep doing it, man, oh, yeah, they got a star just from a single choke alone. Yeah, you know, people are going to want to watch and see: can he do it again? Can he do it against this guy? What about this guy? What about a jiu-jitsu what well, about that's a judo they, guy? They said that like Joe and and Shaw were talking about how he probably like anybody that's decent at jujitsu, he'd never be able to hit that. On. Right. But, but who knows? You never know. I mean, he be so he, he might be able to get that on someone. Yeah, you know. So one last thing to close out this card, um, Nina Anzaroff, who's uh, probably known to a lot of you guys as Amanda Nunes' girlfriend, um, finally got her first win in the UFC with a second-round rear-naked choke submission over Jocelyn Jones-Lyberger. Third round? Oh, that was a second. Oh, oh, make it bigger. My bad. Third round. Third round, which... She was beating her on a lot. Uh, she was whooping her ass. Yes, she was. Up to that point, she was just mauling her. And uh, a big, you know, a way different fight style than her girlfriend. You yes. Know? She'll, she'll take him down, grind you out, where Amanda's just going to break your face. You yep. know. Um, Good it was for her, It was her first win. First win, yep. Yeah. She's, uh, she's two. Uh, that's one and two now, or one and three in the UFC. One and two. One, one and two. two. Yeah. Lost to one, Kish. Yeah. yeah, Kish and somebody Kish and else. Lima? Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, I think I know it was Kish because we were talking just talking about that before we recorded because that was yeah, one of the episodes talking, I was yeah, listening was to. Yeah, yep, yep Juliana Lima. There, yeah. Yep, Juliana Lima and, and Nina Asroff got or uh, Kish got wins over Nina Asroff, but good for her. She looked impressive. Um, glad she's on the winning winning trail and continuing on. So that's and she's gonna straw weight, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, straw weight. Um, so that's gonna close out. Oh, she's a. She's a strawweight. Strawweight, yep. Yep, she's strawweight. So that'll close out our the, the card. Um, overall, where do you guys rate this one? If it got a C at best yeah. for me, um, yeah, I, and that's just being kind. I was kind of leaving C minus. You know, plus. yeah. You know, um, yeah, I was looking at like a C minus D only, plus. Only <laughs> because we got to see that choke, you know, that particular choke, and I was so excited about that, and the fact that uh, Sergio looked good and Nina looked good and – um, the main event just should have never have been there. I mean, I, I gave it a C. No. Yeah, well, I gave it a C. Not a good, not a good. I card. got to see me fall asleep during it and have to watch a replay. I didn't do that. Yeah, I gave up. I didn't even. It got to 
Saunders and McGee, and I was like, man, I'm not making it through this card. I got to get up early, and I cashed it in. Sunday night, ten o'clock. We all, we, you of all people, already know my feelings about Sunday night cards. <laughs> and most of our listeners that have been with us yeah. long enough know my feelings on Sunday night cards. It's the dumbest fucking thing ever. Why the fuck? Yeah, I don't get it. And if you're going to do a Sunday night card, I don't care if it's on FS1. Why are you going to start the main event at 10 o'clock? Why? Why? The main card. But that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Not the main event. The main card. The main event didn't start till. I'd have been thrilled if the main event would have started at 10 o'clock. main event didn't start till 12.45 or 1. I mean, something like that. 12.30. All of them went to decision except one. Yeah, it would have been at least 12. We lost you, Ryan. Just oh, sorry. There we go. We got you. Got you. I'm back? Yep, you're back. You're back. All right. Yeah, I was just going to say that the the UFC smart. They don't book any Sunday cards until football's over. And you and you stop right at, at when football starts back up. If you're gonna run a Sunday because card, do it in the afternoon. Doing like, yeah. You know, if you want you want to run yeah, a Sunday card, it, yeah, because you have all you know, all the eyes on a Sunday afternoon. There's no football. You have nothing you're going against. You just throw it on there. Doing it on the during football season, you're risking so like risking losing ratings. Put in so you have to go to ten o'clock, which is just. As Jeff will point out, the most garbage time on a Or losing ratings fire. anyway. You might as like, well go head to head. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're going to do a Sunday card, start it at do – do the football schedule. Start the early prelims at 1. You know, then the prelims will start around 2, yeah. 2.30, 3 o'clock. And then the main card start about 5 o'clock. And then that's – I mean, you know, you could use your – you could take up your whole Sunday just watching fights. And a lot of people will do that. You know, they'll, a lot of people main, will do that. Give me the main card at 8. Give me the Fox – Schedule. If you're going to run a Sunday yeah. night card, or here's a great idea. Didn't, 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 Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's just not do Sunday night cards. That's an even better idea. What, what did you say, Ryan? Didn't they do a Sunday card a couple weeks ago when, when it started at 8? And it was actually, like, we actually kind of said it's not that bad. Or was it's that been a, a while no, that was a Saturday. It's just a Fox card. Yeah, it's been a while since oh, we've okay. had a Sunday card. Fox cards have to start at 8 because they have to be done by 11 so they can go to the local news. Right. Not in our area. Our area news starts at 10. So, fuck everybody, because West Michigan starts their news at 10. We're at 10, not 11. What happens if something happens at 10.30? They oh, ha- they, they that's go why we a, have the internet. They go for a full hour, man. <laughs> Breaking news. We found this on Twitter. They go they go for a full hour, brother. They go till, they go till the 11 o'clock news starts. For the right. few people that still watch news on TV, and I haven't watched the you know, news, and I don't even know I don't, how long. I got I got news websites, and yeah. I, I pull up. Uh, I have Twitter. All my news from here. I follow M Live on Twitter. I'm good. That's close enough. I mean, you know, I'm still on my well, Facebook. You follow MMA news. That's that's the more important stuff, right? Oh, I've got that's the only oh, that's yeah. the thing I use Twitter for. Is it's all You're MMA like, news. Be like tomorrow. I don't know, but BJ Penders got his ass kicked. Oh, yeah. I can tell you the weather, man. I got a weather. Doc, I got a weather channel app. For I that. don't know the weather, but I know that uh, Weidman and Musasi are fighting at two ten. Yes, yes, they are. Announced Let's talk today. About that. Announced today that Gegard Musasi will be taking on Chris Weidman. 
I'm not. Uh, mm, I'm thrilled. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled. thrilled at the fight. This is yes. an awesome fight. Not yeah, thrilled as a Weidman fan. Has potentially really fun. Yeah, so. I'm not thrilled as a Weidman. Such fan. a huge Weidman fan. I was sitting here earlier and I was. Um, I thought Jeff had said uh, it was like, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to see Weidman gonna win. That's what I, I misunderstood what he was saying. Yeah, I said I'm and not I'm, thrilled I'm, for Weidman for this yeah. one. And, and I'm looking at the fight and I'm like. And I'm like, bro, I don't know how I can, I don't know how I can pick Weidman. I can't agree with you. I don't know how I can pick Weidman here. You know, Masasi's got the streak. Masasi's got the speed. <laughs> He's like, no, I said not Weidman. I was like, oh, well, yeah, I agree then. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't, you know. And being such a uh, heavy Weidman fan yeah. that I am, Me I am too. really not uh, looking forward to him. I mean, I'm. That's that's the wrong word. So I'm looking forward to the fight, uh, win, I'm, lose, or draw from anyone. But I'm not feeling good about his chances exactly. in that fight. How about that? I don't. I'm not looking See, forward I'd to seeing what's going to happen. Up, I'd rather switch up a couple different fights and throw Weidman up against Tim Bosch and have Souza take on Musasi. I do too. But but uh, Musasi said after his last fight, because um, I actually brought that up a while ago when Musasi was first looking for a fight, um, right. and. And I had asked Nal McGrath about it because he had talked to him when he did that fight card in Ireland. And he said, right, right now he's not interested in fighting Jacare. He wants to fight other people, bigger bigger money fights and bigger name fights and, and whatever. Because, yeah, I was all for that rematch. Now, I, I'm i all about this. Uh, I, I would love a Musasi Jacare fight, but I, oh, don't sure. th- I don't think we see that fight till the title's on the line for yeah. one of them. I'm very excited yeah. for this Musasi Weidman fight. I am too. Yeah, I'm very just excited. Not excited for Weidman. Yeah. I don't think yeah, he's. Weidman, uh... Weidman needs to get that. Like he needs that win. Like this is like a, this is a really really crucial fight for him, and it's not yeah. an easy one. Either. Well, if he loses this one, I think he goes to. Uh, I think he bumps up. If, if if as much as Weidman doesn't need this fight, yes, but I think Musasi is just needs this fight just as much. If he wants to continue on yeah. and be, oh, and yeah. look forward to that championship, and mm-hmm. which he's been being, like I said, I was about five shows ago. I said Musasi's being groomed for to be the next champion. If he's if he is in fact being groomed to be the next champion, he's got to beat Weidman, no yeah. doubt about it. Oh yeah, Without it's just this is just as important for both men. Weidman, if Weidman's going to continue to be Chris Weidman and be the dominant fighter, you know he's got to start getting back on the winning track. And if you can't beat a guy like Musasi, he's not going to be of the elite uh, in that oh, division any longer. No. It's just not. No, he's going to he's going to fall out. Right. Five. So both of these, this is extremely <laughs> important fight for both of these guys. I agree. It, it puts. Yeah. It's bigger. I think in the title implications and stuff, it's bigger for Musasi than it is Weidman. I don't think Weidman yeah. winning this fight's going to put him in next in line for a title shot, but it could potentially for Musasi. If if Weidman doesn't win, he's not going to be anywhere near a title shot no, anyway. I mean, but he's going to get even, way no. away. Even if he wins, he's still going to be behind Rockhold and um, Romero. Mm-hmm. Rockhold in mm-hmm. particular because Romero. And Sousa. I can see them catapulting him over Souza. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, the former champ. He speaks English. Not yeah. that not that I have a problem with people not speaking no. English. It's just easier for marketing. Chris Weidman's a marketable person. Right, right. He's right. the all-American kid. He's a cabbage patch doll, as Everett likes to call him. <laughs> Asshole. I've never seen a 205-pound cabbage patch doll that can throw a man across the, the cage. Yeah. And, you know, knocked out Anderson Silva and beat him twice. I've never seen a cabbage patch doll do that. I don't know any I don't cabbage know. patch dolls that got a black belt under Henzo Gracie. I don't know any of them. Uh, 
Oh, so you, you and I used to, to uh, know with red cabbage patch dolls because uh, I know apparently not. Up here I used to uh, I used to take my sister's cabbage patch doll and practice wrestling moves on it until she cried because she thought I was really hurting a real person. <laughs> I would whip that <laughs> thing's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'd run into a room and hit it with a chair and run away, and she'd start bawling. It was I awesome. Just, I, I could just see little Dave doing the <laughs> macho man elbow drop onto the cabbage patch doll. I, I've done it. The Hulk I've done it. Leg drop. I, and I even did the <laughs> hand movement and everything. There was probably oh. a couple of DDTs thrown in there. Oh, there Jake was. Snake yeah. You style. know there was. He was my guy, dude. <laughs> uh, I used to beat the piss out of him. You know, and she would cry, and I would just get my ass That's whipped. Awesome. Oh, glory days. Yeah, glory days. <laughs> That's um, um, this thing that broke today. I got to talk. I want to talk about this. Uh, because we have been, and not just us, but a lot of people have been extremely critical of how shit Edmund is. Well, should we talk about the other thing from since we talked about Musasi and uh, Weidman? Before we go into that, should we talk about the other thing about 185 that's kind of big news? Okay. Yeah. Um, announced today that champion uh, Michael Bisping will not be fighting until a minimum of May. Yeah. Finding out that he had a tear in his... Was it uh, meniscus? Meniscus. I think. Yeah, he's got to have surgery. It's in his knee. Knees fucked up, got to have surgery, Yeah, uh, not fighting till at least May, barring any setbacks. Yeah. So, are we going to get another bullshit title match? We're going to get another interim Bill, title shot. That's what I'm saying by bullshit title match. Yeah. As Habib likes to say, we fight for bullshit title. That there's going to be one is the fact that we don't have one for the light heavyweight yet. That gives me the hope that maybe they'll just keep going as it is. Yeah, but I think, I think Cormier is cleared by March. Yeah, no, but I mean, when when did Cormier hasn't fought since Cormier's been July, over a year, and then he yeah, but he was only, he was at least booked for a fight and then got hurt, you know. Yeah, but but but, that, but I mean, he was he was booked for the fight and got hurt, and they said it was going to be look, six months, and they could have look the length of time it on the, there, but they didn't. But, but the length of time doesn't even really fucking matter because look, we're getting an interim title shot. At one fifty five, and the champion just <laughs> won it back in fucking December. Yeah, exactly. And now, and now, yeah, I'm sorry, November. I mean, that's because like, Dana White knows that like Connor's got so much going on. I, I, I gotta believe that it's it's only Connor that, that's causing interim fights. I, like, dude, I have to really believe. Well, it's, it's, I it's not these here. Fights. Here is the thing: these they have to do these interim title fights because they need to sell pay per views. Bottom line, right. bottom fucking line. Yeah, they have got to sell pay per views because they owe a shitload of money coming up after this first quarter and 208's not going to sell shit. And that's why I had to create not. a goddamn title just to draw interest. Right. Um, I mean, wonder boy Woodley we're excited for his fans, but that's not selling. Here's the thing is that they're, they're no. making, they're making title fight. These, these bullshit titles, interim titles, they're making them because on paper, it sounds, you know, the, the title is on the line. They, right. can, they can use that thing, but here's right, the problem. Right. The more they continue to do that, the more guys, I mean, we obviously catch it on early because that's who we are. But the more that casual fans are going to say another title, another they already another are title, yeah. right? But it's going to keep it's going to devalue it so much that even putting that on there is going to be a hindrance instead of a, a bonus or even nothing at all. It's going to be a hindrance because they're going to say, "I don't want to watch another title fight." Eventually, you know what I'm saying? But like we're we're in a holding pattern at heavyweight with Stipe. Being pissed about money, he ain't fighting until he gets if, a new contract. There's a, there's a lot of people that I say bitching about money is is wrong. When Tony was doing it, yeah, I said it was wrong because Dana's right. You got to honor your your 
your agreements. But Stipe being the champion, getting paid less when than you, a challenger. You're the heavyweight champion of the world. I, you know, I, I don't disagree. This I don't time disagree I get either. it. You know, I get it. But it's still, I'm just saying, like, eventually they're going to end up, if they can ever get Kane and freaking Verdum healthy, I can see them throwing that as an interim title. If, if Stipe keeps refusing yeah. to fight. Yeah. Interim title, why not? Yeah. yeah. Um, Bisping's out till at least May. At least May. You don't, and this is a knee. This is a knee on a 39-year-old man. Yeah. Not, not who a, already can't see. Who already is blind. You know. Barring any setbacks, you're lucky if you're getting him to fight in May. Um, Connor's supposed to could be available to fight back in May, but they're still doing an interim title fight in, in March. Right. So right. there's no reason to no be even Tony needs to fight for no. an interim title. There's absolutely no. Sometimes interim titles are needed. Sometimes very, very few of, of the 10 times that the UFC has done an interim title fight. It's probably only been needed once. You know, there is occasions when it's required. And that's if a man is right. cannot defend his title for over a year. Yeah, Bantamweight. Period. The, the George St. Pierre you situation know, when he was out with his knee injury. When, when you know, Dominic Cruz. Those yeah. are two legitimate you know, ones. Dominic Frank Cruz Mir, was going to be yeah. out for 15, 18 months, when whatever. F- you had to take yeah. his belt away. When Frank got the you know. when Frank had the motorcycle accident and they had to do the yeah. interim yeah. belt. Yeah, there's there are times when it's yeah, needed. When you have a champion that, you know, he goes, my wife's having a baby and I'm going to be on Game of Thrones. At that point, you say, okay. Man. Bullshit. But, but the problem is that they, they've given Connor, so we talked about it before, They've given him so much power that Dana's hands are tied, so they have no choice but to do interim title. They fights. did not need to do an interim title shot at 155. They didn't no. have to do it. The Connor just, just won the goddamn belt. Just won the goddamn belt. Even the 145 one, I disagreed with. I, I, I guess I could under. I kind of was all right with them giving it to Jose Aldo, but right. making the interim title fight to sell a pay per view is yeah. stupid. But it's not an uncommon practice now, and it's gonna keep happening. If yeah. I'm, I'm, mark my words, man. Mark my words. I'm saying it right now. There will be a 185 interim title. Yeah. Somebody will be holding it when Bisbing comes back because you know why? Then you got champion versus champion. Yeah, and, and they think that champion oh, versus champion ma- means more sales. Because like, like, right, so right now you have give it to Souza. Uh, you know, Souza yeah. versus Romero. If he beats up, if he walks in and, and takes out Bosch in the first round, let's go. Look, give me that rematch between Yoel Romero and Jacare Souza. Because I don't think Luke Rockhold's going to be ready in time for shit, and right. I still to this day think Jacare Sousa won that fight. Mm-hmm. So, oh, um, controversial decision. Let's end it. And that division. Yeah. Speaking of, yep. uh, Tim yep. Tim Kennedy, Kennedy retired. Yep, Tim Kennedy announces retirement. Official retirement. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know Kennedy. You know Kennedy is what he is. He wasn't exactly the uh, title contender. And he no. wasn't uh, uh, a huge draw or whatever. But he was. You know, he was an American soldier, and he he did a lot of good things. And he was uh, uh, in that Romero fight. You know, he was screwed. Yep. Uh, yeah. By Romero because Romero's a cheat and uh, whatever the hell else he is. But um, you know, it, it's it's. I, I've seen uh, um, Tim Kennedy was on one of the deadliest warriors. Yep. Did you guys know that? Yeah. I didn't know that. He was on for the Army Rangers yeah, uh, I, against. I, um, I remember it now that I remember seeing it when it yeah. happened, and then completely kind of forgot about. I had it. went back because I loved I loved the Deadliest Warrior, and then uh, I got Ryan hooked up to this little thing, and he was like, "Oh, you got Deadliest Warrior," and I was like, "Man, I should go back and watch." I that. forgot it was on there till Ryan mentioned it. Yeah, so yeah. I turned it on, and uh, my buddy Larry and I were watching it, and uh, we were him and I are both gun nuts. You know, we both love watching the snipers and stuff, so we started going through it and watching a couple of them. And it was the Army Rangers against like the. 
Spetsnaz. I don't remember who it was against. Honestly, it was it was two army uh, yep. uh, military warriors, and right. and they said you know and 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 for the American side, Tim Kennedy, a mixed martial arts fighter and army specialist. Says, Whoa, wait a minute. I didn't realize Kennedy was on here. That was he did a great job yeah. too. He really did. But now he's on, and he's got that show on History Channel too. The, just the hunting, hunting Hitler, Hitler or looking for. Oh Hitler. yeah, okay. Hunt, I should check yeah, that out. Hunting Hitler. Hitler? Okay, yeah. I gotta check that out because I don't really watch any he's like, TV. TV. That's what he's, he's been doing. I mean, it's gonna suck not seeing him, but he's definitely gonna like. We're going to see him one way or another. Through the throughout the next few years on TV, excellent. Sure. Well, and he's been inactive as a fighter for a long time. Too. I tell you I what, mean, he's that... a hell of a sniper. Oh hell yeah, he, he is. is a hell of a sniper. I watched him; they were doing like three hundred yard snipes on the on that deadliest warrior, and he hit his target through a glass pane right between the eyes. Yeah. Oh my god, it was such a great shot. It was unbelievable. The dude's a hell of a shot. You would, I mean, he's gun wise, he can he can take you out hand to hand because he ex- he explained. Uh, it's called close quarters combat. Yeah. That's the United States hand to hand thing. Yeah, they started bringing it's, in uh, MMA fighters. Yeah, and to they, train them. they showed him how to do it. And Kim, Tim Kennedy was flipping dudes around back to the weapon. Now, the whole point of close quarters combat is to get back to your weapon as soon as possible to kill your opponent. Yep. So he was he was doing all these amazing judo throws and back to the weapon. Tim just did a really good job on that show. He really did. Tim's I was a, so impressed. Tim's a very good like a, he's got a good personality. Um, he speaks well. Like, very well, yeah. He's very articulate. He's fun to listen to in interviews. Like, I've always enjoyed listening to Tim being interviewed and stuff like that. Like, he, he's yeah. just got a great personality. Yeah. And he's really good at TV, things like that. So, he's I mean, he's going to be fine. But he, he was doing an interview uh, probably a year or so ago. I remember listening to it. And he was talking about being somewhere down in South America. And his best friend was killed. In a battle, oh, wow. and they were like, they were like right there, and the like, Jesus, what did you do? He's like, oh, I kept going. Like your, but your best friend. He's like, what am I supposed to do? I'm in the battlefield. Like, if I stand there yeah. and try to be with a dead guy, I'm not dead too. And they, I'm yeah. listening to this. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's a warrior, a man. Like, that's a warrior. And, and then after finishes that, and you know, he heads home, jumps into the training camp, and gets ready for his next fight. Like he. Just he's cut from a different cloth and pulled sure. and pulled a gun on uh, piss test people. Yep, that was so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I remember well, reading that. One of the man, best stories in 2016. That was so great because he, you know, he puts his, his address out there and tells ISIS to come fuck with him. And like the next day, someone pulls up in his drive when he's coming back from trading, whatever it was, and it was an unmarked car that he didn't, whatever he didn't know who it was. So he comes out with a. Uh, and it was an, I think it was an MP4. It was an AR-15. It come out with, with that rifle, with that bead right on the dude's forehead. It's like, what the fuck you want? Like, I want your pee. Yeah. <laughs> I just want your pee, dude. <laughs> Don't kill me for. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, come on in, dude. No problem. Yeah, yeah no problem. You know, no big deal. You know, it's just a seven six two. You know, you wouldn't have felt a thing. Dude, that, yeah, you'd uh, have been dead before you felt never, anything. Yeah, never felt a thing. It's been all right. So back to what you were. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I cut you off, I just figured since we were already in the division, let's <sighs> just knock them Why out the fuck not? before we start talking about shit stuff. We moved on to Kennedy. Who cares? We had a- yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> we rounded out everything in that division. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, all the best to Kennedy in his future endeavors. And we'll, like you said, he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's oh, he's yeah. going to be fine doing TV and stuff. He may even, who knows, maybe he'll get into analyzing. Well, I mean, he's, he's a... He's gonna be like front and center in that uh, in that in that uh, uh, 
Oh yeah, the fighters. The fighters. That's, that's going to be his big thing. That's going to be the what double. He'll be doing for the the double M triple A. Double M triple A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you were you were saying about. Uh, yeah, you know we we ourselves and a lot of other people are very critical on Edmund because he absolutely sucks, bankrupt, screwed over fighters. Um, his record. Uh, this is uh, uh, Edmund uh, Tarvidian. Uh, I can't ever pronounce his last name. Edmund the douche. Um, coach, infamous coach Edmund. Yeah, he, you know he's got Ronda and he's got a bunch of other fighters, and his record. In the UFC of, of fighters he's coached yeah. since he's come on is six and twenty-two. Yeah, I posted that stat. Yeah, you know how many of those wins animals. are from Ronda alone? All yeah, you all know, but one. I think. I think there's four, and uh, I think Travis has one, and another guy has one. Ellenberger has one. Yeah, I yeah, Ellenberger. So I think four or five are Ronda's win, alone, and that was his win over you know? Matt Brown. Yeah. So I think you know basically his record is without Ronda's like one in twenty or something. What one in twenty-two? Yeah, it's horrible. Jesus. So now uh, Travis Brown has done the first smart thing that he's done in a long time, and he ditched him. But he <laughs> ditched him for a defunct team. Yeah, he ditched him to go to the Black Zillions, who are no longer a team. There's no more Black Zillions, really. It's, it's going to be yeah, close combat or whatever. Uh, the, the combat club. Combat club. There Henry, so the, the so story this kind broke. of ties two things in together. Because yeah. Edmund Bales from uh, – Travis Bales from Edmund – and that was just announced today that he right. was going to Black Zillions. We found out earlier in the week that the Rashad was on the MMA Hour and basically said there are no more Black Zillions. Yeah, the last thing I seen was like two days ago, Rumble bailed from everybody. You know, Rumble, Stephen uh, Struve, Michael Chandler, yeah, okay. uh, Michael, or um, um, yeah, Michael Johnson, Kamar Usman. Um, yeah, there are a few. Any, any fighter worth name that was training there is no longer there. Um, they've all, including head coach Henry Hooft. Yeah. Uh, he is now the head coach of the Combat Club. And so they're just moving on. A bunch of management disputes and shit with Glenn Robinson. Um, What's it seem like he was the backbone of the of the, it was the, the, the fallout? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it seems like a lot of management, quote-unquote, issues between them telling fighters what to do and telling coaches how to coach and – it's a lot of bad stuff, but it's so there's too much micromanagement involved. Yeah. You know, you have to let the 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 people that you hire to do the job, let them do their fucking job. If Henry Hoof was yeah. still at the Black Zillions, I would think this is a great move for Travis Brown. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. At this point, any move away from Edmund is, is a, a good move. move. You know, um, it may not be the smartest thing for him to do. Um, I mean, team wise, may not have been the best choice of all the other camps out there that probably would have taken him. Maybe not the best choice, but you know what? It's better than the spot he was in. Yep. Swallow your pride and go back to Jackson Winkle. When is Rhonda going to do the same thing is the question. Because that girl has got immense talent. We know she has immense talent. She's being coached so poorly. When your head coach slash striking coach can't coach striking. There's so many great problems. The biggest problem that Rhonda has is that She's such a big name that the UFC really can't give her just some little rag doll anymore because she's so big and she's demanding so much money that they have to put her up in these big time fights. Oh, but if you ask Juliana like, Pena, she's been ducking her her whole career. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, everyone's been saying that about Ronda lately, haven't they? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, there are quite a few, but that one was uh, publicized more. Pilot, but but it's true. I mean, if you think like anyone that would match up bad against Ronda. She's pretty much already fought and beaten him. 
And now all you're looking at is like the cream of the crop that's starting to rise up is all the stuff we're gonna fight, and they're all just gonna whoop her. And she, I mean, if she leaves Edmund, I think she's gonna need a solid two years, year and a half, two years of of, of like focusing on 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 striking because her her striking it's nowhere near what it needs to be to be at the top level. Dude, her striking. If I if I can see. I'm not a striking guy. I'm more of a grappling guy. If I can see the flaws in her striking as it unfolds, there's problems there. Yeah. Because that's yeah. the la- of of all the aspects of MMA, the last thing that I can really tell is where it's suffering at is striking. Grappling, yes. Wrestling, yes. I mean, I can see these things unfold as they do. Um, but you can see her head bob man like i said last week whenever yeah, if yeah. she's gonna throw a right or her whole head bobs yeah. to the right and she brings her head into it as she throws in the strike amanda nunez is and just watching always... her freaking big you know ronda's big head as soon as it starts to move one side she cut the angle and popped her right in the mouth yep first strike well, in, in six also, seconds she's terrible at defending herself too when 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 she's striking whenever she strikes she always leaves herself open yeah to get countered exactly Three like, times. yeah even if like like you were saying the same day like you know, when she sets it up she can get hit it like it's it, it's every time like the second that she's gonna throw a punch she's looking at a good three seconds of someone just like cracking on her with no problem whatsoever. You know, Travis goes back to uh, uh, Jackson Wink take Ronda with you. She would Please. benefit immensely yeah. from Jackson down there. I mean she would wake John Moore and just kind of or, just um, piss off. Yeah, and uh, who's the other? There's other striking coach i can't think of his name now but yeah they have she two they have two world-class huge. striking coaches at jackson winklejohn right there's now. a lot of great striking head coaches out there i mean duke's a, an amazing striker um yep. bang's a great striker yep. i mean there's a lot of great Jason striking Perillo, coaches man. out there oh, yeah god hey, what's away. his name henry henry uh, hoofed uh no uh, mark uh, oh, Mark, Mark Henry. Mark Henry, yeah. Oh, Mark Henry. Yeah, there's a lot of great striking coaches out there, man. That just, just go find a better goddamn team. Yep. You know, just, just get one, away yeah. from that. Man. Stay it's, the fuck away from that. You know? Um, or do what your mom said and retire. If you, you if got you're the not, money. Yeah. If you're not going to go out and really yeah. try to make it better, get the hell out of there. Go to the WWE, like I said, fake fight for twice the money you'd right. make at the UFC. Do it. Here's, yeah, yeah. Here's news. You love it. Why yeah. not? Here's news uh-huh. that actually started to break last week that I've been really excited about um, and we didn't get to talk about last week was uh, the UFC signed um, Bantamweight superstar Tom Dukenwa, which I realize most of you guys aren't even, you're going, who the fuck is Tom Dukenwa? What? Tom Dukenwa. The fireball kid. The fireball kid. Yeah, Ryan, you know now. You know. Um, I posted I posted some highlights of, of Tom Duke and Waz on our page last week. So if you didn't get to see him, go back through and find him there. Tom's been uh, been the UFC's been courting Tom for a while. He's actually turned down two offers before because he said he wasn't going to join into the UFC until he felt like he and his coaches, the aforementioned uh, Mike Winklejohn and Greg Jackson, uh, until they said that they were ready, that they felt like they were all ready, and. Uh, Tom's finally making the move. He's a he's, two, he's he's, yeah, he's a two weight division champion in Bama. 35, 35 and forty five. Forty five. Okay. Uh, okay. The, the word is is that he's going to compete at one thirty five. Um, he's gonna. They haven't announced a fight for him, but they're looking for an April debut. Oh wow! And okay. I, I, I promise you guys, you will. We'll keep get an eye on him from the you know from the start, so we can follow everything that he does in there. 
extremely well rounded fighter. Yeah. Great power for a thirty five pounder. How old is he? Is he a young kid? Uh, relatively young. Okay. I think he's in his mid twenties. Okay, so he's got plenty of room to grow into that you know, larger scale style of, of fights. It's obviously gonna be um different for him, but you know, if, if he's you know, all the greats really adapt easy. So Oh, he's twenty three. 23, so, wow. 23 years old. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch this kid rise then. Yeah, he's a, he's a French fighter, but he trains in, uh, why is it, thank you. France has, France has banned MMA. That's did why. Guys, he, did you guys that's, know that? Yeah, that's why he, okay. that's why he trains, he flies from, he lives in France still. Mm-hmm. And when it comes time for fight camp, he moves out to Albuquerque. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. That's crazy, you know. France has completely banned MMA. Just a random tidbit, if you guys didn't know that. Thanks a lot. So I'm trying to look at his Wikipedia page, but it's all in French. <laughs> Why don't you just type in the like uh, in English or something? That is. Uh, Why don't you get on there and read it and translate on, it for me, Frenchy? Uh, he's 23 years old. He's a two-division white. <laughs> he's from the well played. Yeah, no, no problem. What do you want? Yeah, mm. yeah you're not. Even, you're on he your phone. You can't even shop by year's end. I wouldn't be surprised if he's up there for a title shot by year's end. I can. Well, uh, I mean, by the time the UFC's done filming the Ultimate Fighter between uh, Garbrandt and Dillashaw, they're gonna have so much time on their hands. They're gonna have to throw an interim title shot for 135. I'm actually so excited about that season. This is Not the 25th even, season, yeah. right? Not even because of those yeah. two fighting, but the concept they're bringing back the comeback. Basically, okay. This Excellent. season is going to be all UFC, the Ultimate Fighter four. Yeah, maybe. Wow, that's okay. one of my favorite seasons. Great, but yeah, they who one. was four? Uh, four was Sarah and that's Sarah. Luda. Oh, okay. Luda missed weight and didn't and didn't get to fight for the title, but gotcha. gave Anderson a hell of a fight. Gotcha. And then Sarah knocked out George St. Pierre. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Knocked yeah. out Ryan's boy. You knocked out your boy. And, and nothing. all that there was a, it, that just kind of lit the fire under GSP to become the most dominant fighter in UFC history. Now, speaking of missing away, just to segue here, um, Johnny Johnny's, Hendricks yeah. is officially moving up in weight. Yep, we knew and that he's was got coming. an opponent. Oh God! And he's going to get killed because they not going to be fun. They gave him Hector Lombard. Maybe he'll get lucky and Gary Tonin will tear his leg off and Hector won't be able to fight. Yeah. A one-legged <laughs> Hector. Okay, you know what? May you know what? I still pick it Hector. Sorry, Johnny. Uh, I'm going with Hector. <laughs> I am not going with Hector against Gary Tonin. Oh God, no! I am. Oh God, no! All no. my eggs in the Gary this Tonin is, basket. Just so you guys know, Gary Tonin and, and him are are in a grappling. Yeah, they're competing deal. at the Submission Underground, Submission, there it is. which is Chael Sonnen's promotion um, out in Oregon. Uh, it's not strike. It's not striking or anything. No, so it's, grapp- it's, it's grappling only. EBI rules in a cage, though. Yeah, where EBI is on an elevated mat. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like Metamorphs and stuff. They do it inside of a cage. Yeah, uh, John Jones took on Dan Henderson <laughs> last time at Submission Underground Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Submission Underground Three's actually got a really good card. Dylan Dennis is uh, is competing on it. Uh, Conor McGregor's Jiu-Jitsu yeah partner. Yeah. Um, Gary Tonin, Gordon Ryan. Uh, so yeah, it's only available on Flow Grappling. We'll try to. Do you, uh, do you guys know why submission underground has to be done in a cage? I think that's just. I don't think it has to. I think yeah. that's just the way they set it up to kind of separate no. it. 
apparently Oregon, Oregon State rules uh, state that all grapplers have to be kept safe and they can't risk them falling off an elevated platform because then if they get hurt, um, what was it? What Jill was doing in the interview and was explaining it, the if the ground causes an, an, an injury or something like the way that they can be held, uh, the state is held accountable for the injuries. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Mendez is on this too. Oh, gotcha. Chad Mendez is competing. Oh, okay. He's taking He's on got... Jeff Glover and Gordon Ryan's taking on Jeff Monson. Excellent. Which is hard. Which is fucked because Gordon Ryan's only 185 pounder. <laughs> And Jeff Munson is fat. Excellent card, though. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll try next, to cover some more of that. When yeah, that's, 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 when's that taking place? That is um, January 29th. Oh, wow. Okay. Next Sunday. Beautiful. Headlined by uh, Dylan Danis taking on uh, AJ Gaz- Gazaram, who's a, a MMA fighter and uh, jiu-jitsu competitor. They were trying to line up John Jones for this, but uh, they couldn't. Get an opponent, I guess. Well, okay. there are plenty of guys that he, want. John Jones have anything signed up? What? John Jones have anything signed up for uh, for grappling, or is I don't think still he, waiting on him? I don't think he's competing in the, the. He was. They were trying to line him up for submission underground three. He was going to take on Chao, right. but it's too close to his fight, I think. And then uh, Frank Mir wasn't available. The only people that are stepping up to try to fight him are all fucking black belts. Like Dylan Danis kept calling him out, and all the fans. Like there was a fan, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a fan poll where everybody wanted to see him take on Dylan Danis, but that's just that doesn't make no sense. Um, oh, did you guys? Either one of you guys see the Wonder Boy and Woodley interview the other day on ESPN, where Tyron Woodley said that uh, yeah, the UFC is racist and. Was that the one where he said uh, Mighty Mouse isn't getting paid because he's black? Yeah, Mighty Mouse should be. He's the pound for pound best fighter in the world. He should be getting paid better, and he's not because he's black. Unbelievable. They, they even yeah. tried to. He even tried to say how the UFC. He tried to use John Jones as an example. That's you're gonna lose your argument <laughs> if you use how that the, guy. How the UFC just every time he gets in trouble throws him under the bus. Give me a. They protected that man more than <laughs> anyone for so long. Unbelievable. And I'm an unapologetic John Jones supporter, and I'm even like, man, the UFC has done so much shit. Uh, Tyron Woodley is the most annoying son of a bitch. Jesus. Listen, let me tell you yeah, how like... how angry I was that Tyron Woodley already had me blocked, because if he hadn't had me blocked, he I would have been blocked after this interview, because I went fucking crazy. Yeah, like this is the guy that's having trouble selling pay-per-views. He's such it's a, a pussy. Guy, it's a guy that has... A very limited fan base, and the you know he has a phenomenal fight on the biggest card in in, the, in UFC history, MMA history, and he might start getting some fans. And the first thing that he does is dodge all comers looking for money fights. That's what I said. And then uh, calls yeah. his employers yep. racist. Like, I, you're not doing yourself any good. You're just making yourself be hated, and people are not going to want to see you fight. He was he was pissed about the buildup of the fight before, and they felt like he they featured Wonder Boy too much, and he walked out with an American flag like I'm not from this country, and Wonder Boy just looked at him and was like, I carried the flag for the wounded warriors, man. He's such a douche. I can't He's stand such a fucking, fucking Woodley. dick. I hate Tyler Woodley get it. so much. There's one color. There's that a you, lot of guys that hate him though, I don't man. Want to like him? There's only one color the UFC sees, and that's green. green. They don't give a fuck if you're black, white, orange, brown, or purple. They don't 
don't really give a shit Not, at all. Look how many non-fucking English-speaking champions they promoted. Yeah, the promoted the shit yeah. out of. But you know, how Anderson just magically forgets how to speak English when he's doing promotional tours. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and Jose Aldo's been competing in the United States for a decade plus. And still has yet to learn to speak fucking English. Like, I mean, I'm not saying... And they still promote the shit out of these guys. And they still promote the shit out of them. And I'm not yeah. saying, hey, you, you you live in my country, you need to learn my language. But you're going to promote fights in the fucking America? Mm. And you got to talk to the American press? Might be helpful. How about that? Just might be helpful to Plenty do of American fighters learn Portuguese when they're going yeah. to Brazil. Yeah. I mean, Connor started fucking... Yeah. Connor's not even American. He started saying shit in Portuguese to, to Aldo during their second build. That's build so of the great. That's so great. Uh, like, come on, man. What about... Um, okay, keeping on Connor here, what about uh, Kiesa? Kiesa came out with this, and it was very publicized. I, I don't know why. Yeah, that Kiesa had this this interview with, I forget who it was, and he said, Connor is going to struggle in 155 because all the other guys that are contenders, consider him as well, are too big for him. Like, Kiesa's like, you know, he's 6'1". He's a big guy for the division. You know, right. guys, they're, they're, they're a little bit bigger, of course, but he said because of the size um, – that these opponents are that Connor's going to have coming up, he's going to dodge the bigger guys and only fight the smaller guys in the division because he can't beat a bigger guy. Yeah. Any thoughts about that? I think well, Eddie Alvarez is bigger than Michael Chiesa, and yeah. he whooped that ass. Yeah. Uh, well, Michael's taller. I think that's what he meant by by Michael's like six one. I mean, he's tall for the division. Nate Diaz is at least six one. Yeah, right. We don't, we, we don't. We don't. Have, we don't have to worry about Michael Chiesa getting title shot. By the, end of <laughs> That's what, the same though. thing I was like, thinking. I was like, bro, real. like he. Michael Chiesa is trying to get onto the Conor McGregor train. He's trying to see if he can get some of that Conor money, and it's not going to work. Hate to tell him. Do you think though, if there's one area that Conor struggles on, is the that as a taller opponent? Not really, because he's got reach. Exactly. No. Uh, I mean, he's got precision. That's no, what he has. Precision, too, but he's also he's he long. From 145 to 170 and fought Nate like that. Connor, and he, and he, Connor's a long dude. Like, he's got a longer reach than Cowboy, I believe. If I remember, like, looking up their stats when uh, Connor was coming up to 55 and Cowboy was like, I'll fight him, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Like, oh, no, yeah, it was when he was coming up to fight RDA. And um, Cowboy started talking about wanting to fight him and shit. And I think it was after RDA dropped out and stuff. A lot of people were like, that's a terrible matchup. Well, that, that, not really. No, not really. Um, no. Connor does have a great reach, but on top of that, geez, he can he can judge range after like two jabs. Yeah. He has your range down. I mean, I've never seen anyone do it like him. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I was just leaving leaving the precision completely off the table, just mm-hmm. talking about for size, you know. Yeah. yeah, he may have to fight some taller guys, but he's got the reach for it. Right, yeah. I think he's got a longer reach than Tony. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to struggle. It's just I've seen I that interview, either. and it got a lot of, uh, got quite a bit of press because anytime Connor comes up, it's going to get a lot of press. Um, I don't see it happening, but, you know, it was what it was. Um yeah, Michael Chiesa is not exactly who I'm. But again, you know who is uh, who gives a fuck what he has to say. You know, really, um, I don't. Um, so there was there was something that I wanted to talk to you guys about before. Yeah, we uh, we went off the air, and that is you know fifty shows in. Yeah, let's. Um, from when we started, you know, before you started being a podcaster, I know I for me I looked at fights more on a fan side. I didn't take into account 
um, the guy's style. I didn't take into account his record. I didn't take into account people that he's fought before. I only looked at, I went fight by fight and just said, I'm a fan of this guy. I hope he wins. Now, right. you know, I I can't look at a fight like that anymore. No. I don't know if it's spoiled me on it or if it's improved me on it, whatever you want, if it's a good or bad thing. But I look at, now, whenever I look at a fight, when I, they see the two men or two women put up there, all I can think about is past fights, style, statistics, who was on the winning streak? Yeah. Who hasn't? Have they fought before? Have they fought again? What team are they fighting with? What kind of coaches do they have? I can't think in terms of who I like more or who I don't like more. I can only see it as like not like it's like Matrix now. I can only see it in numbers and statistics. Right. I don't know if you guys are having this. No, this... I, I've had the same issue. Okay. I don't. I don't look at fights the same anymore. I don't really talk about fights the same anymore. Yeah. Um. You know, and and it's hard to have conversation like. Getting when things get brought up to me from casual fans, either Connor or Ronner related, you know, different mm-hmm. times and shit like that. Like it's frustrating to try to have a conversation with them and, and have it be logical because they're just looking at it either because they hate Connor, or they hate Ronda, or whatever, and, and, and they can't explain why they they hate them. They just, right, I, just yeah. I just don't like them. Well, why not? Well, I just don't. Is it because everyone else you know, likes them, so they must be bad? Is it because they're they're on TV more than other people? I I don't know. I just don't like them. Have you ever seen them fight? I've never bought one of their fights. Oh, give me a fuck. Come on. Or they saw one, and yeah. so suddenly they're experts. Right, right, right. <gasps> Most Ronda fans, oh, it was no, the Holly Holm the, fight. The fan, the, the fan that would be like, oh, I spent $65 on a pay-per-view and Ronda won 14 seconds. She owes me money. She's garbage. Like, yeah, like, like, I, I bought your house. That was always my favorite argument. <laughs> I don't like her because she wins quick. Because she uh, wins okay. too fast. Yeah. Um, so he must hate Mike Tyson. Eh? He's overrated because all he did was whoop, whoop ass in 30 seconds for the most part of his yeah. career. So I thought, I mean, I just thought, um, I thought maybe you guys might be seeing it the same way as, oh, as I am. Oh, absolutely, man. You know? Absolutely. I don't, uh, it, I don't look at fights, like I said, I don't look at fights the same yeah, anymore. Yeah. It's very, it's very statistic to, yeah. and, and, and analytical. Stri- analytical. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's the word I was trying to think of. It's very analytical. Well, um my- Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. I cut you off. Yeah, no, I was going to say it's kind of, it might kind of catch you guys by surprise, but I'm a very big numbers guy and a little Holy shit. guy. You? And, and I, I do watch fights six or seven times like the week that they've actually aired. What? Like, I have this. Like, like I like, oh, I know, shit. it's bizarre. You guys probably wouldn't expect We've it, known you for how long and we're because... just learning this information about you? <laughs> but it... it it's funny that since since joining the show, I find. Oh, oh no. we lost this touching moment. I find that I'm <laughs> not not there anymore. Oh, oh, Ryan! I was waiting for this heartfelt touching moment. I find that you guys are totally uh, awesome. Look, look, uh, at, look at guys going into. Hold on, man. We've we've lost. Back there. We've, well, Hold on, yeah, We lost you at I find. Yeah. So I want right. this. I well, want this touching moment. Yeah, I was just gonna say that uh, that I find that now, um, I look look uh, look forward to the like look look ahead like you know trying to see what to expect. Like we're talking to you guys. There might be something about a guy that I forget. So now I'm look like I'll watch a fight or think more of a breakdown than just watching it and. Knowing what to expect, I look at it now from like, wh- what do I think is going to happen? Which is a way that I never thought of before. Before it was, 
all the numbers, all the analytics, here's what's probably going to happen, here's how it's probably going to happen and when, whereas now we're talking with you guys, it's like a whole different ballgame. So now I'm seeing things like what's going to happen. Well, I see things, you know, I look at the the matchmaking too. It's like they put two guys together and it's like, okay, does it make sense to these guys? What happens if this guy wins? Is he going to move on? Is he going to fall? What happens to this guy? Does it make sense for him to win over right. this? Right. You know, is it is it beneficial for this guy or not? This guy? There's just so much that's, stuff that that's runs through my I, head. That's where I jump in a lot is like looking at future matchups. Okay, yeah. if this guy wins – What's next for this guy after that? What's next for this guy if he wins? Yeah. How does this line up with this? Like, or if he loses, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, how yeah. far does he fall? Is I do he, is a he lot of, fall? I do a lot of the post like the, the yeah. fallout from the fight in my in my analyzing yeah. um quite a bit. But uh, so much information runs through my head when they put two when they put two guys on the screen and I have to look at it and see what's going to happen, you know, and I talk to, you know, I have a lot of, you know, a lot of casual friends and and they just look at it and say and I try to explain it the way I'm thinking about it, and they're like, "Dude, you can't possibly be thinking of that much stuff between just two guys fighting." You know, in uh, all right. due respect, this is one of the guys that have because Scott's a smart guy and he knows what he's doing, but he's 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 not he's, he is a casual MMA fan, right. you know. So he just looks at it and says, "That's my boy Tony. He's going to win." And I'm saying, "Bro, do you have any idea of what Habib is about?" And he's like, oh, "He's from Russia, right?" Yeah, he is yeah. from Russia. You're not wrong, but Sambo, 23 and 0. This and I started going through these numbers, and like he's long and he's lean, and, and Tony's got to fight a longer fighter this time. And you know the range is way different when the, when your opponent has you know reach you know inch on you or this and that. I start going through these things, and they like look at me like, dude, your head's gonna blow up. I, this is not just one fight the way that we think about this right. now. We're doing this for an entire card, and then the next week's card. And then we look to, you know, we're looking at 210 and Musasi and Weidman, and, it's, my, and things are already going through our head. My you know? habits of this right. shit have rubbed off. Out of everybody that I watch fights with, like, my, my friends have become more hardcore fans because of my passion for MMA and drag. But my friend Tony, I, I, I've got him looking at fights differently now just from, okay conversations and things like that like talking while we're watching fights or talking in build-ups to fights and stuff like that so like he started looking at things differently as a and still nice. being a fan not being a podcaster but mm-hmm. just like that influence has rubbed off on him a little bit too and it's it's fun for me because it's another friend besides you and ryan right that i can talk to in that way because like my other friends my cousin watches a lot of fights but he's still like figuring my other buddy todd bobby can't remember half the time of who's who and stuff like sure. that like he just got memory issues so like i have to yeah. remind him yeah you've seen this guy fight before oh yeah this, it was this fight and then eventually or like the guy walks out and he's like oh yeah i remember yeah, that remember, guy. Remember whatever fight, yeah. april 18th 2009 come oh. on you remember that fight <laughs> you just you just pulled so that out of your ass you. so much just to try to impress come your on, wife let's not forget like the, fir- the first time that i was ever on the show yeah, you I broke out that who small Pahar is Dan Miller, and I'll never forget your reaction. Like, I'll go back to that show and swell. Just to hear you go, who the fuck brings up Paul Harris and Dan Miller? Even from like a little guest appearance, like the three of us were just like meant to do this. Like, yeah, man. Uh, the way that it worked out from that first that first episode, like right. listening to your reaction to me nail that was just like I still laugh at it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Well, that was much fun. And that's the thing, too, man. So, like, 
with you on that one episode, like, we both knew right away. Yeah, we did. We got done with that show, and we were like, so Ryan's going to become a full-time yeah. member of the show then? Remember, like Jeff said, we had done <laughs> the previous 23 episodes was just Jeff and I. And we were doing it. We were running it, but we, we, I, I think we were missing something in there. Because, we we, we, we were know. missing our third. We, but, but, but. We, you and I did a great job together. Like we, absolutely, we we carried things well. We finally, like, we were both a little unsure of what was going to happen when yeah. when we went with from you, me, and Everett to just you and I. Yeah, but I think even because I just listened back to that our first solo or you know duo episode, like we did a good job, and we and we we got naturally used to each other right. of not having a third person and. You know, you and I think quite similarly on a lot yeah. of things, too, so it made it easier. But I think things flowed a lot better. And I was a little bit – I wasn't apprehensive about whether or not to bring Ryan on as a third permanently because as soon as we did it, I was just apprehensive about bringing another third person in period at first yeah. because of how well that you – and like the, the issues we had had before with a third – but how well just you and I had had taken things in that twenty three episodes. Yeah, it went and, really smooth. But at at some point, you know, for me, it almost felt mechanical. And we don't want to sound mechanical. We want to sound more um, spur of the you know uh, spur of the moment. You know, kind of ambitious, and you know, we don't want to sound like everything was preordained and, and rehearsed, and we're just reading off a piece of paper. We didn't want to sound like nope. that, and it, it it almost did, but it it didn't, but it did uh, because it's like you said in one of the one of the uh, uh, episodes where we were bringing in Ryan and is because you said it's because I'm sick and tired of green with your ass all the time. Yeah, we needed a third person. You know, to we needed someone up. in there to break it up. You know, we needed the wild card back, and we needed someone that uh, that did complement that. Though it was, we couldn't bring in just anyone because, um, as we could tell before, you just bring in someone else, it, it could upset the flow and it might you know it had um, to be the right personality yeah it, it, you really had to fit in there and, uh, and you just balanced right with it once dude. it happened you know uh after that episode where uh. and we guys we recorded that episode okay one microphone in front of a laptop you know no uh, we were on my phone no i'm getting there uh for jeff and i oh yeah, and yeah we yeah. had ryan calling in on a phone where we had no signal down here so <laughs> to keep him active and 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 you know being able to talk without going like all the it was really really fucking hard yeah it was difficult you know we, we lost him like two or three times during the call but it didn't matter even losing right, him through right, it and right. you know even being laid back on the phone and even being sh- sounding like shit you know it, we it still fucking worked and right. it still i felt it I, I felt it when it happened. I was like, I felt it. I was like, dude, it's, it's, we got to find a new way to get him through here because I want this guy too. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff brought it up and I agreed. And I, I wanted, you know, I wanted this third person. And Ryan was, the, it was, it was perfect. You know, yeah. you were, you were the dude to, to come on here and be the third person. There was no question I, about I, it. I can't really think of another person that would have fit in as well with, with no. you and I as, as Ryan has. So. No. No, well, and, and it's funny like how random it was because I, I remember last summer or so, uh, you know, just go on a Facebook one day and say, "Average Joe's tagged you in their post." Like, what the fuck? What? Who the fuck are these guys? I'm like, I'm like, well, it's like okay, so whatever. Like, and I wasn't like I had just kind of gotten into, into the show and like just said, you know, a hundred times over that me and him would like just banter back and forth <laughs> on like, the Warriors page. And like so, I'm like, okay, so that must be him. And next thing I know, you know, uh, I'm listening to it, and like, 
you know, thanks again to Ryan. Thanks again to Ryan. Like, what the fuck's going on with these guys? Like, why are they, why are they thinking me so much? This is weird. Because you were the first person really to participate. Facebook, and, like, and, then, and then all of a sudden, Jeff goes, hey, do you want to come on the show? I'm like, ah, uh, what? Like, yeah, uh, let's, uh, really, like, I've, you know, let me cut you there. Uh, hold like on. Before. Like, no hold on. What I'm doing. I'm like, Time out, sure. Ryan. Hold on. Let me cut you off there because Ryan, let me tell you something about Ryan. He was the most paranoid. Oh, my God. He was so nervous. Indecisive, petrified person. I do not do good. You know, <laughs> he was and, so scared. It was so scared to come on here. And, and, and it was, he, I, don't th- I don't think it was anything. He was, just wasn't confident in himself that he was doing a good job. And we had to tell him That's over and over. Exactly, it's like, yeah. brother. All you got to do is be yourself. Just be yourself. Pretend the mic isn't even on. Pretend we're not even talking into a show. We're just having a conversation and relax. Take a breath. You're doing fine. Remember? And then we record another episode, and he's like, dude, this wasn't good. I got to do something. I'm like, just, I was just gonna take say, a breath. Do you remember how much he used, <laughs> how many times he used to apologize to us? Yes, yes. Like, we wouldn't even, we hadn't oh, even posted the show yet, and we would get like six apologies. <laughs> he's like, I'm so sorry about this. I'm so sorry. I'm like, dude, you're fine. You're fine. The show was really well, good. It, it's funny because I'm the kind of person that can get, like, I get right into my brain. So, like, I get, like, I'll start overthinking things way before it happens, and I'll start picking out everything's going to go wrong. So when you said, don't worry, like, you know, we're going to go, you won't even realize it. Eventually, it'll just be, like, conversation, and the mic will be on, and that'll be it. And I was like, yeah. like okay, whatever. Like, I'm panicking, like, all crap, sweating, <laughs> having a heart attack. And like you know, like the first episode, I'm like, okay, that went good. And then all of a sudden, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I got that. I cut them off. Yeah. Or did I not answer those questions? Or did I do this? Or did I? I'm like, oh man, the, the show's gonna suck. These guys are gonna hate me because I'm ruining their show. And it's like eventually, like just you know, it just all flows, and you don't even realize it anymore. Like it starts going so fine, and it's good, and blah blah blah. Because I'd never done anything like any real performances or anything, right? Like you guys with music and that. I had like a bit of a background of going up and doing things. Yeah. For me, I was never like I had never had my voice out for anything. So for me, it's like uh, I don't really want to screw this up for them. Like that was my my biggest thing was I didn't want to like ruin your your thing that you guys had going. We kept telling yeah. you, no, man, you you couldn't fuck this up. Yeah. No, you know I had to keep I had to keep reassuring them that I was like, listen, this is this is new for us too. Uh, we're you know we got a third person and you're not in the room. You know we're doing this over the internet, so we're gonna have growing pains just like you do. So we're gonna have to adapt and evolve our style, right. you know, just as well. And that's not. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. It's like this is just what we have to do, and yep. we're we're more than willing to do it. In fact, we're actually looking forward to it. So after you know, it was about three, four weeks. Then it, it, it got to be less of Riot saying, "I'm sorry, we didn't do this right." Was, the, that got lesser yeah, and he, lesser after about four, then five weeks, and all of a sudden, then it went away like we knew it would. Yep. Just because had to get him some you know, confidence and build get used that confidence things. up in them, and we did that, and, and it's been it's been. Easy. The, the, the big thing for, for me really is the uh, the connection, because there were like when, like when we first were doing it, there were so many times where, you know, Jeff might say something or Dave you'd say something, yeah, and there'd be a pause. I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna start talking now, and just yeah. as I start talking, all of a sudden I hear the other one talking. I'm like, uh, okay, do yeah, I keep going? yeah. Do I stop? And I remember but, like, uh, once the connection started going smoother, like, oh yeah, just, like, it flowed. 
I remember there was one time we were Jeff and I were trying to talk something, and all of a sudden out of nowhere Ryan came out, and it was like the third time I was like, "All right, fucker." Yeah, and I you, put you when on. you muted him, <laughs> <laughs> and I just fucking muted you. And then Jeff and I finished up, and I unmuted you, and you were still talking, <laughs> and it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> all these moments where we had these technical issues, and Dave and I are just making fun of Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the highest rated segments on the show. By far. Oh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. Because you just come back and Dave and I are laughing and you're like, God damn it, I know these assholes they did, did it something. again. They did it again. <laughs> like last show when you were breaking up right when you went to say and, or you were saying something oh, and I was yeah, just like, yeah, and, and then you just come back Bing. and. <laughs> it, was, it was unplanned perfection. You know, and then yeah, yeah. I updated all of the the hardwired internet in my house to down to the the yellow dungeon where we record, and uh, I bought a new uh, wireless router that uh, was, was stronger than my previous one, and I got all that that side of it uh, refigured. And once we did that, the connection was better for us. So we started running it directly through the laptop, um, and you know we still. Now and again, we'll have a little little hang up. Yeah, we get a little, little and it's but up. it's rare that we get a disconnect now. Yeah, you know, we haven't had a yeah, drop no. in a while. Yeah, it happens about once in every six or seven shows. We'll get a quick disconnect and pop it right back up, and it's like he was never gone. But the right. connection is way better now. Definitely. I mean, that's the that's the one thing with one of the biggest things I guess with bringing Ryan on has been it was like the start of the up upgrades of yeah. things for the show where you know first we had to get you know you had to upgrade your internet well you needed to upgrade the internet for yeah. plex anyway i was doing it for plex in my video i was, I was trying to play uh it was diablo 3 i was playing a video game and running plex at the same time which is uh, a file sharing thing uh, uh for video and i was having people connect to me as i was trying to connect to the diablo host and i couldn't you know i was lagging i couldn't play so i had to get everything smoother in order to both run that for my family and friends and play video games at the same time, yep. it just so happened that it right. really helped us on the show yeah, it made, immensely. Yeah, you made know, things way immensely. easier with Ryan. Yeah, I went from like a 15 throughput to like an 85. I mean, yeah. I just it just blew up with this enhancement that I made. And now I don't lag for video games, and I can still share to like six, seven people at the same time and download and whatever. I mean, it really helped, but it helped us so much. And I remember at the time too, we didn't have we didn't have mixers and we didn't have headphone amps. We didn't we weren't wired in. We had this one single condenser mic, and we had to put it as close as possible to uh, a laptop speaker. Yeah. To go from you know Ryan's phone to the laptop to the speaker to the mic to the it was. Well, I don't know how we pulled it off. I really don't. Because we're motherfucking geniuses. We're savages. We are savages, cocksuckers. cocksuckers. We're just we're just determined to win. Uh, we are, man. We're the we're the fucking above average Joes, and we get shit done. And, and with us zero training at all today, we figured out how to run uh, a a fight companion style uh, podcast. Where we don't have to worry about getting sued because yeah, we can pump the sound from the show that we bought, you know, and it doesn't go in through in through. Oh man, it's just you guys are gonna have to wait and see because we did such a brilliant job of this. The next fight campaign is gonna be so good. And that's so a, good between the two of us, uh, you on the technical side and, mm. and me in the audio side. Like, there's not much we haven't yet been able to figure out yeah. one way or another, whether it's. You know, me having to look up shit on how yeah. to do things or ask some of my friends that are engineers and things. But, I mean, you on the technical side, you crack shit 
Yeah, and Jeff is, you know, he's able to take adapters and, and tie this one into this one and this and this one, and I'm over on the computer, and I open up the, the inside, and I hack out where it's supposed to go, and I put my addresses in where it's supposed to be, and I'm, I'm ripping up software, and he's ripping up the mixer, and it's it just works, man, and, and, and we've went from... We went from really low to really high really quick. Yeah, you know, we've come a long way yeah. in the last. Month I've had and a half. lot of people say your quality sounds like you're in a studio, and I'm like, if we put some of those foam things up on the side, and we could cut off half the room where we're supposed to. It's like, guys, you wouldn't hear any kind of echo. You wouldn't yeah. hear nothing. It would sound beautiful. Yep. You know? I mean, we're we're continuing to evolve. We're still working yeah. on figuring out ways to you know to get video up next for us. Yeah, when we're figuring out how to have a third person. Yep. You know, we got some more hardware for the third person to have in the room, so that we can have three of us in the room plus Ryan on the phone, and if possible, run from my you know my computer to another person on Skype or something. We're just figuring out more ways to yeah. do this. So you we'll know? be able to do. Some crossover shows that we've yeah. been wanting to do with with the MMA holes and yeah, our man. friends at the Loaded Joe's because and... we got two channels to do, you know, one from the laptop, one from the PC. We got, you know, we've got a lot of channels well, to pick from, yeah. but but yeah, we can we can <laughs> we run, have multiples. We can run know? multiples, yeah, and we won't have you know too many issues because we got one channel it's called audio. the the Ryan channel. Yeah, you know that's just yours, brother. You, you know, yeah, we have. I when we were testing out the sound audio for trying to figure out. For the fight companion, I plugged the things into a different channel because I was like, I'm not fucking up Ryan's settings. Right. This is Ryan's channel. Right. That's Ryan's nice. channel, man. So we got you tied in exactly how we need you. So there was no we're, reason we're, we're going to fuck that up. We're looking at the we're looking at the the next average Joe's fight night is the 209 card. Is yeah, two. I think yeah, 209 yeah. is going to be the next fight night with the Joes. Fight night with the Joes. I got to remember to call it the right thing. So keep calling it the companion. Yeah, we, we can't, can't we rip can't, that off. We can't rip that off. You that's know, that's, that's Rogan. If, if you start hashtagging fight companion, you know you might get Joe Rogan listeners listening to us. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. Um, it, and it, then we switch it up later on. Hashtag. I was telling Dave earlier too, man. The hashtagging. It's it's so weird the attention that gets. So like when I share the show. A hashtag, you know, we talk about, obviously, they always get to hashtag UFC and maybe whatever event we just either broke yeah. down or whatever. But, you know, yeah. like like this week, I would probably hashtag legacy fighting or, you know, hashtag Bellator MMA or something like that. Right. And all of a sudden, I start getting notifications of this person added you to Bellator MMA fans. This person yeah. added you to it's UFC. Adding blah, us blah, to blah. lists. Yeah, yeah to yeah. lists. Yeah, man. So that's kind of cool. Like, that, that's the great things about hashtagging is they actually do work for you. Yeah, this I saw this little video on the side. Uh, they, there was a um, press conference today, and Habib and Tony had a little heated face-to-face stare down, and Dana's looking really concerned right now. <laughs> Man, I'm so excited for this fight. Man, this is going to be an outstanding fight. I mean, you think eight. Habib makes it? Oh, God, shut up, Ryan! Dude! Oh come on! You don't we say that stuff out loud. Shut up, <laughs> Ryan. He's and he's training at the knee wrecking camp. Like, come on, shut yeah, man. up, Ryan. If we don't get, the, I'm he just doesn't kidding. have to fight. He doesn't fight Habib. Tony's just given the automatic interim belt, and he gets Connor. Or they, or they bring up Aldo. Or they bring up Aldo. Yeah, yeah well, I keep forgetting that Aldo's trying to duck Holloway now. Well, Holloway's got to get fucking healthy first. 
And he blew out his knee too, didn't he? If Connor just ankle. says, you ankle. know what, I'm just going to jump up to 170. He just needs a and few Steve weeks. Jose he just wasn't going to be able to fight a hmm, I'm going to 170 also. I wouldn't be surprised if they, well, maybe they'll save it for 210, but um, if they, well, they probably will save it for 210. I was going to say, I wouldn't be shocked if they do a third fight, a uh, third title fight with Holloway and Aldo at 209, but we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. What do you guys want to do? You guys want to wrap it up? You want to call yeah, it a show? I think, yeah. I think we're, we're clipping up on the two-hour mark. It's... Right, right, right. So, I mean, 50 shows in. Um, I'm looking forward to another 50. I'm looking forward to another 100. This is about the most fun that I have during the week, every single week, coming together with you boys and uh, talking yeah, MMA definitely. and, you know, talking sometimes pro wrestling, sometimes NBA. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> sometimes you know, sometimes competition grappling. You know, you know, we're all over the place. Mexican boner pills. Can't make you know. it, we break out NBA. Yeah, you know what? I'll talk Mexican boner pills. I'll talk yeah. whatever the fuck I want to talk. This yeah, is our this show. This is our fucking show. <laughs> we we'll do, do whatever the fuck we I'll want. I'll do whatever the fuck I want to do. But you know what? It's it's really is a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun it's been a lot of fun learning how to do it, how to record, how to save the files, how to post them, how to edit them. It's been a lot of fun upgrading to this new setup and this this new way we do things. It's been just so much fun throughout the last uh, year plus of doing this, and I cannot stress how much you guys are are the biggest part of that. So thank you very much, guys, for, for really being there and, uh, and helping a guy that's, um, because of the cards that I was dealt, I can't get out of the house much anymore. I can't get around very well anymore. It's really difficult for me to do things, um, physically even walk sometimes to get out of bed. And this is the best part of my week because I actually get to interact with people again. And I can't thank you guys enough for that. Ryan, what's, uh, what's your final thoughts to close out episode 50? Uh, I'm going to dip away from MMA actually really quick and just uh, give a quick big shout-out to, to Tim Raines on making the Baseball Hall of Fame because that's a very, for me, you're an Expos fan, it's a long overdue uh, Hall of Fame nod. So I just want to say that Tim Raines, you know, congratulations to him and probably being the last Montreal Expo to make the, the, uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Just leave it at that pretty much. Nice. I good loved Tim good parting shot, sir. I love sir. Tim Raines. What a fast base stealing motherfucker, dude. He was amazing. <laughs> I can't believe we just went fucking baseball. <laughs> I can't believe we went Montreal Expos. Never no shit. <laughs> a team that a team that like this ge- this generation, like my nieces and nephews, don't even know what the fuck What's a Montreal expo? expo is. What's an expo? Oh. What it's, year? It's a they, national now. What, what year did they fold, Ryan? What year was that? Uh, it was a uh, two. 2003, because 2004 was the first year for the Nationals. Yeah, of course so, it was. so my nephew was like a year old, and my niece was like three or four. So, yeah, I don't know what the fuck the Montreal yeah. Expos are. Man, oh, man. <laughs> I missed them. Dude, your missed kids aren't so even going to know. Well, they might because well, of you. Well, they'll know because of you. Trust but... me, they'll know. <laughs> <laughs> well, on top of that, you know, Pudge Rodriguez, yep. you know. Pudge, Pudge is going yeah, in, yeah. long you know, time Detroit Texas Tiger. Ranger, Texas and then, Ranger. You know, Detroit Tiger catcher was my favorite player during the time that he I was there. I love Pudgy. He was, a, know, he was a great he's catcher. He's getting the nod really Yeah. He's just a good guy. So we get Pudge and we get Reigns, man. All of us are happy. Yeah. There we go. Everything's coming up. Uh, the Joes. Yeah, everything's coming up the Joes. So, yeah, here's, here's my final thoughts. Um, this has been an amazing journey so far. 
from the inception of the idea in my head uh, to reaching out to Dave being the first person that came to my mind of who could I do a show with. Um, you know, this is, this is my baby. This is my idea, but the, you sir are the backbone of this show without you. We don't have a place to record. We don't, you know, you take care of making sure that we had the, uh, the right stuff we needed to record, uh, to be able to upload it to SoundCloud. Um, your, you know, your mom letting us take over the basement and, and yelling in her house once a week and not ever complaining and being super supportive of your brother. But I mean, seriously, without you, there would be no show. So I'm so appreciative of everything that you have contributed and done for the show ryan you know i love having you on uh you know that that i bust your balls all the time but that's just because you're canadian and you're my only other canadian friend besides my buddy jay but uh i seriously could not have picked two better guys to do this show than i know i've said it before but i i honestly mean it you guys are amazing to have together and without you two i i don't have this thing to do and it's just me being an asshole on Twitter, so walk <laughs> by every UFC fighter possible. Not every fighter, just the ones yeah. that I hate, like Tyron Woodley. I've got guys that like me, man. Me and Ben Saunders had a lot of good conversations last week. He retweeted a bunch awesome. of my shit. Like, I've got fighters that like me, but there are plenty that hate my guts. Yeah, like Juliana Pena probably hates me. I know Tyron Woodley, but I find out I'm not alone in the Tyron Woodley hatred. There's yeah. a lot of people that get blocked by Tyron Woodley because he's a pussy. Yeah. And can't he handle criticism. Because he can diss it up, but he can't, can't take it. Dude, I, like in the one thing I talked on Dwit, on Diz's tweet the other day, like five other people stepped up and were like, yeah, man, he blocked me too. He blocked me too. He blocked me too. So fuck you, Tyron Woodley, you pussy. That's my final thought for episode 50. <laughs> It took him 50 episodes, and he came up with that. I mean, I... And it fucking works. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that's going to be the new send-off. Right? This should be our new hashtag. Right? You know? that we're just going to say... Fuck you, fuck Tyron Woodley. Tyron. Maybe I'll just... I'll take a clip of Jeff saying, fuck you, Tyron Woodley, and I'll make that the intro. Oh, my God. That would Boom. be lovely. Or just... We'll work on that. <laughs> that could be... If we could just get, like, a bunch of clips to throw in, that can definitely be a soundbite. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for the 50th episode of the Average Joe's MMA show. I'm going to do my best to not shit the bed on the outro like I did the intro. So, Hey, halfway to 100. We are halfway to 100. Ryan, we, we reached over the halfway point of 50 after episode 45, so we did it. <laughs> we finally got to 50. It was a long halfway from episode 45, but we did it, boys. It's been a fun journey. As always, um, you can follow our Facebook page for any breaking news. Um, We constantly try to update it. Uh, We do the best we can. But uh, if you really want to get some interesting takes on MMA from us, especially me, you could follow me on Twitter at MuxBiffy. That's capital M-U-X, capital B-I-F-F-Y. David, you are at David Van Boglen. Yeah. Yeah, um, Jeff is is the one you want to to follow on uh, on Twitter. Definitely, I try to take over the Facebook page. Yeah, Dave, uh, mostly Dave, Dave handles a lot of Facebook because you know. I'm on a Facebook sabbatical for yeah, as much as I can. So uh, follow Jeff there. I'll, I usually tie in and tie with him anyway. So uh, uh, definitely those guys over on Twitter, and I'll take over the Facebook. Ryan, you're what at R Demp sixteen? Yes, yeah, ah. capital R, capital D, Demp sixteen. 
But yeah, I, I'm definitely much more MMA active on Twitter. Um, always sharing stories and get my hot takes of Tyron Wussy. Tyron Wussy's a fucking pussy. Tyron Wussy. Tyron Wussy. Yes, that's his new yeah. name. The chosen one, is. Tyron Wussy. The chosen douche. Oh, there we go. The chosen douche. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, that's going to wrap things up for episode 50. For Ryan Dempsey and David Van Boglen, I'm Jeff Shanahan. We will see you guys next week where we come back with our preview for UFC Fight Night Denver. Valentina Shevchenko versus that bitch Juliana Pena. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>